Hello and welcome to Watching Worst Films, your guide to Razzie history. Each week we tackle another Worst Picture winner and the other winners and nominees in the second half of the podcast. My name is Jericho Reed. with me, Kyle Shemansky. Hello, hello, hello. And we're normally effusive about our guests, the, the people, we, the lineup we sort of curate, like the people, dear friends, people who I think incredibly highly of. We've got a break from that because we are joined by someone whose opinion I do not hold in any regard whatsoever. We're joined by Isaiah Berra, president of the Kevin Costner Fan Club. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I don't, I I, I don't think you will be, (laughs) but no, I, this is going to be a blast for me, but it, I, I already have, you know, this shield up and the, the sword out. Like you guys are not, this is not going to be a podcast that you guys look back on memorably (laughs) and are, you know, happy. Oh, I remember that one time Isaiah came on. We should get him back. No, this is a one-off. So anyone who who likes listening to me is going to have to find me on a different podcast (laughs) after today. Because, of course, we are tackling 1997 and the winner, The Postman, Kevin Costner's third feature. Oh, I don't know the. I've seen them all. I don't know the the number. Well, you haven't seen them all because this <laughs> is our uh, this is our history with the film. None of us have seen the Postman. No. So, in a break from tradition, we are recording this part of the podcast blind. Like we haven't seen the film, so uh, zero experience. It's pirated. It's on the screen in front of us. Shameful. I'm looking at it. Shame. Um, <laughs> Kyle, what are you... I've seen Waterworld, so I think I've seen this. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, that's, that's my experience. Okay. Similarly, I have not seen Waterworld, but I have seen Dances with Wolves. Listeners to the podcast will know. I'm always going on about watching every Best Picture winner. So I was mandated to watch one Kevin Costner film, arguably the best one. And I was like, this is not for me. This is not it. And so I haven't checked out anymore. And I'm dreading this three-hour-long journey through an apocalyptic so wasteland. As well, yeah. don't you? Okay, and now over to Isaiah. Well, they, I, I've seen every Kevin Costner movie almost. Yeah. This this is one of the few uh, that I that I have not seen. I already know it's going to be great. Is there a reason you've um, not seen it? This one? Yeah. Just, no, 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 no specific reason. I mean, I know it's going to be awesome. Like, so <laughs> this movie's ten out of ten. <laughs> Another stellar, flawless Costner performance where he's just a cowboy and... He's not a cowboy, he's a mailman. Shut up, he's a cow. He's always a cowboy. He's always a cowboy. And, and no, this is, this is, uh, no, this is another just Kevin Costner vehicle that's just going to be, you know, a hundred miles an hour down the, down the, down the highway. For three hours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Slow motion. Pacey, momentum. It's, it's going to be like Mad Max Fury Road, just at the pace of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> um, but I am very disappointed that we're pirating it. I do want to say that. We should be paying, if anything, extra for Kevin Costner movies off of those, off of those <laughs> streaming services. And willingly. Yeah, well, we'll donate to his Patreon or whatever he's got. You know, we'll pay Palomo a dollar. We'll watch an episode of Yellow... We'll watch an episode of... What's his show? Yellowstone. We'll watch what do you ye- mean, what's his show? Is it the biggest show on the planet I right was going to say Yellow Jackets, and I was like, no, oh not that one. Oh my gosh. There are too many Yellow shows out now. The Yellowstone um, is like the biggest show on the planet. I don't watch Because TV. of one reason. This is a movie podcast. Because of Kevin Costner. He's coming back from it, isn't he? Yeah. Directing a new movie because of it. 
Yeah, it's, yeah. he's got the massive... He's, he's got, got a third in his trilogy of Waterworld and Postman, and there's going to be, I don't know, some brainy thing here, but like I thought, yeah, <laughs> I thought Yellow Jacket was like... Or Yellowstone. Yeah, exactly, I, exactly. Me <laughs> off, I thought Yellowstone yeah, spurred him to have his great comeback now, like as a director again. What do you mean comeback? He was never down. <laughs> When's his last film he this, up? He was he never won down. A he won a Razzie Isaiah. This is why we're here. Yeah, he won. He's the best. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think this is where we pause and me and Kyle gather a little bit more evidence for our case that Kevin Costner is not the greatest filmmaker of all time. And we see if we can perhaps talk Isaiah around. So what is going to be three hours for us will be a mere moment for you and we will be back with our views on the film. Okay, so we are back, and let's throw over to Isaiah first. What did you think of the movie? <laughs> well, as president of the Kevin Costner fan club, I, I gotta tell a quick, a quick story. And I'd never seen Kevin Costner in person, but I knew from like my from when I was in high school and my graduation gift was not like, you know, like a, a fancy watch or something or, or a tie. Yeah. Like it was a signed Field of Dreams poster. Okay. Uh, wow. I, I knew from, from that time in my life, like if I ever met him or saw him, that would be uh, historic for me. Yeah. And just this past year, his band, Kevin Costner and Modern West, was coming through Calgary where I live. And I got, I got a ticket to go. And I'm like, I could not believe that I was going to see him in person and the day of the concert i almost didn't go for the pure fear of what if kevin costner isn't kevin costner mm. what if what if i go in like because you know out of all the celebrities in the world he's the only one who i'd actually ever be uh nervous to meet mm. like I, I don't care about celebrity culture or whatnot but I mean, he's different. He's on a different level, right? But, but I, he's a messiah type figure. He's okay. more than a man. He's almost so. So I went to so I went to the concert, and it was absolutely incredible. But I, you know, you're I, I was never within you know thirty forty feet of him. So mm-hmm. it was it was from a distance, and it was and it was it, it was a spiritual experience, right? <laughs> Seeing Kevin Costner live. But I I do believe that there has to be a moment in my life when I will meet Kevin Costner in person. It might be just in passing on a street by coincidence. It might be, you, you just, you never know, but I just know that we are destined to meet. And I've always wondered, it's kept me up at night. What do I say? Mm. How do I react in the moment I meet Kevin Costner? Do I freeze? Like, I, like I need to have something canned. And I know now after seeing this movie, the day I meet Kevin Costner, I'll say, Kevin, please swear me in as a member of the restored United <laughs> States of America Postal Service. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. So I think we owe you an apology because we came in, I came in certainly very anti Costner and I kind of loved that film. I had a blast with this film. Uh, exactly. I mean, I was the length is what I yeah. said. I was dreading the length. Um, yeah. Not ninety three minutes. Indifferent on Costner, but I've been. I am second in line to join your fan club now as well. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was fucking great. That is especially how miserable I've been over the past few episodes. This is a fucking blast. 
Yeah, this I honestly like this more than Dances with Wolves. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. This is oh, better yeah. than the best picture. 100%. Yeah, I'm like I don't uh, know what won in '97, but it should have been this I, uh, if you've given it to Dances with Wolves. This is this is my favorite Costner. Um, it yeah. was Waterworld for me, but now it's this. Um, <laughs> hands down, hands fucking down. Um, so this, of course, our our love of this film was not shared by critics or indeed the general public. On a budget of 80 million, would you like to hazard a oh. guess as to how much this made? Zaya first. It, 80 million? Yeah. Oh, um, this bombed. Yeah. It had, jeez, uh, it's gotta be four, 30 million okay. it made. I'm, I'm gonna go with 60. <laughs> it's 20 million. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was a Christmas Day release, apparently. Oh. So they're going for award season, they're going for the symbolic significance. Our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, okay. born on the 25th. Who's going the to postman see born postman on the 25th. On Christmas Day, though, yeah. you know? Oh, shit. So we're like, bomb. you put this out in summer and it would have been wall to wall, but we're just blaming the release schedule. Uh, yes, 100%. That's the same kind of bomb as Waterworld, then, is it? That might even be worse. That is fucking... I'm pretty sure Waterworld bigger broke budget, even though. and that was considered... Yeah. I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. I have no clue what Waterworld I think Waterworld had a bigger budget. I assume it had a bigger budget. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's more pyrotechnics and stuff with Waterworld, the isn't it? And and stuff, yeah, yeah, whereas this is just a couple horses. And... Couple, a couple of horses. <laughs> <laughs> hundred horses. Hundred horses and Tom Petty for ten minutes. Like, that's where your budget's going. Okay, so to set up the film, the post Postman takes place in a post-apocalyptic United... Uh, post? Is he the post? I'm just getting... I'm saying post a lot. Postman, <laughs> post-apocalyptic United States. And so we open and Costner is just riding a mule through through a wasteland. Like you said, it was Mad Max. Yeah, I mean, it is mad. I mean, it's... Yeah. I, I joked earlier, I was like, it's very beyond Thunderdome as well. Like the way it yeah. looks. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Not, not Road Warrior or anything. It's also what I thought it was. I assume Waterworld's a water film. This is the desert film. Like, it's going to be sand forever. So this opening is what I thought we were going to get throughout the whole film. I thought this is the poster as well. You know, maybe that was ingrained in my brain. Well, we should have said maybe in our experience of this film, yours was The Simpsons. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which does say that. He's just walking through a desert. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I was expecting more, like, less plot and more just Kevin Costner rambling on his own. Meeting characters. Like, I expected the road. That was my expectation, was the road with Kevin Costner. And that's how you open, and it doesn't sort of sustain that for very long. But he he bounces on a trampoline, a trampoline, a trampoline. (laughs) He's enjoying himself in the wasteland. He's having a good old time, high old time. Do you want to say something? Well, no, really just best part of the opening five minutes was I immediately proved you wrong when in the, you know, pre-show you said that Kevin Costner was not a cowboy and this wasn't a Western. (laughs) One of the opening shots is legit a aerial shot where Costner Mm -hmm. is riding on a horse and his, the voiceover says, in those days... He walked alone. Yeah. And it's like, what more do you want yeah, out of yeah. a Western or a cowboy movie than Kevin Costner walking around a barren landscape on a horse by yeah. himself? <laughs> like, every Costner movie is a cowboy movie, whether it's Waterworld, JFK, yeah. Postman, Dances with Wolves, which is an actual cowboy movie. When's Wyatt? Cowboy movies. When's Wyatt Earp? I don't know. How do you fucking say it? When's Wyatt? Wyatt Earp? Oh, yeah. that's not a cowboy movie. 
Yeah, but where is that? Where is that? That's Costner, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was one of the years. Is that 93 or 94? I think that's a year we've covered. Okay. I think that's Color of Night year, perhaps. Okay, okay. And speaking of time, this movie is, of course, set in the distant future of 2013, when everything has gone to shit. And he's wandering like the salt plains of Utah, isn't he? Yeah. And he discovers a lion. It's a real striking image. There's like like shining through. Yep. Has that shot of like the zebra yeah, running yeah, through yeah. war torn Berlin. This has a lion in a post apocalyptic wasteland. And it is the most well fed lion I have ever seen. Yes. Like yes. it's a dust bowl, like you know, there's not greenery, there's nothing to be seen, no antelope, no deer. And this lion just looks like it's like I, I like so in this open I don't know if it's just before the lion, but when he um gets to the gas station. Yeah. And he finds packed cigarettes and yeah. goes on the roof and you were like, product placement. And okay. me and Isaiah were like, Oh no, no, it's the lottery. He's won the lottery, he's got you know, he's found his lucky cigarettes. And it's I also seventy six ball. Exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a lottery logo. And he's won it because he's found his cigarette. And then I could thought, oh, is Kevin Costner gonna be smarter than you, Jericho? Is he gonna be putting all these symbolism and all this beautiful things through the film? That was the moment it hooked me and I was like, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm in here. And it also has a nice transition from the sign to the mountains as well. Yeah. With that, with the lion, I was, I was in. I was, yeah, I was you were ready. on board that I, early. I, I, I fall victim to getting sucked into films early, but this really had me early. I was a little bit more of a skeptic. I still have my guard up because this is over the credits. So we get it's based in a book, of course. Yes. So many Razzie winners based on novels. And my thought was, this would make a pretty good ride. Like the the universe, Universal Studios is notorious for having their Waterworld ride still, yeah, yeah. and Waterworld has become primarily a ride. I've That's seen it. I've been a Universal. The ride based on the move, the movie based on yeah. the ride, and I was like, I want my postman ride because yeah. it's kind of atmospheric. So once Costner gets his cigarettes, has his little product placement for the lotto, <laughs> um, he goes to town. And we learn that he is a uh, traveling, uh, traveling troubadour. He's he's an actor because yes. he does Macbeth. He does Macbeth, and his horse, his mule, acts opposite him. Yeah, he does does a good job too. Yeah, not the worst actor in the film. Like that's the horse. <laughs> <laughs> well, my note here better than expected. This is the entire movie, so this is when they begin to get me. I think they get me with Shakespeare. Because there's like a good bit where he he's not a fantastic actor because he doesn't know the words. So he's like, he's stumbling over his lines and there's a woman kind of completing them. Yeah, and he's correcting like, them as well. Yeah, yeah, like he's like, tomorrow and tomorrow and uh, the day after, yeah, yeah. which I that's which, a great, it's not sold well, but I was like, that's a great joke. It's, a great, it's the word you've just said yeah, and you've yeah, forgotten yeah. it. But it's a great <laughs> setup that he's a fraud. Yeah. Like, it's wonderful. Like, yeah. Him. Yeah. And so uh, we, that finishes and we get the, the meta, the sort of meta commentary of what I think might be like a response to criticism of Waterworld and you said Robin Hood, but which I think both of you have identified as the Jericho surrogate mm-hmm. in the film. The guy who confronts Kevin Costner. Larry. And is like... Larry. Is he Larry? Yeah, his name's Larry. Yeah, okay. How much did you pay for a ticket, Larry? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Larry confronts him after the play and is like, you sucked. I used to be an actor and I thought I was the worst actor of all time and I owe you thanks because after having seen you, I'm the second worst. Which, Costner at this point in time, he's coming off those bombs. He's coming off like 
Waterworld to bomb and people criticised him when he tried to do classical theatre in the form of Robin Hood. So I think that's him lashing out the naysayers, the haters, the Jerichos. And then uh, I'm, I'm going to skip ahead unless any of you have anything I, I just to... want to say it's a shame Laurie didn't come back at the end. Yeah. And be like, oh, you were a good actor. <laughs> 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 I watched your film. I would have no, liked to see Larry deeper in the movie yeah. as one of the postmen. Yeah. Being like, being so, being you weren't a good actor. But I was either a hell, hell of a good postman. <laughs> I want Larry to have the same arc as you, Jericho. <laughs> you know what? I, I shit on him for the, the, the Christ symbolism and the like Messiah complex. But I'm like, he has converted me. Yeah. Like, I'm a believer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, so, this is a three-hour movie, of course, so we're going to have to... I also stop taking notes, so I just become engrossed in the I movie. I just enjoy the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we do have a lot to get through. So, uh, the, the villains come to town. Yes. Um, just after he's done his performance, villains descend on the town of Salt Water, Salt Pine, Spring, Pinewood, Pine whatever. Pine geographic feature and location. Yeah. No, no, um, he sneaks to Pinewood yeah. after. Pine, oh, that's yeah, that's where Spangler is, yeah. Um, so they come to town and they're like, we're, we want like every able-bodied man to line up, every white able-bodied yeah. man, like no minorities. Especially Native um, Americans, which is that Dances with Wolves sort yeah, of it's Yeah, it's our Seagal crossover of 100%. white saviour Kevin Costner's like, like, yeah, fighting for indigenous rights because they look at like the lineup, they look at one on the end and like, like they kind of like pull down his eye or whatever yeah, or like yeah. poke him poke and they're like I bet you're not a you're pure blood are you get out of here which as we covered they're kind of doing them a favour because when you establish that the, the white men are going to a prison camp be slaves yeah. and the alternative is you just get to hang out and continue living your yeah, lives yeah. I guess so yeah everyone's claiming like oh actually like I, I'm, I'm like one like thirty two, <laughs> like one thirty third black. Yeah. Uh, my my uh my second cousin's nephew's brother's boyfriend's boss was from Mexico. So really, I can't. This, I'm not. This also did throw me off because they do take a black lad with them. So I got really. Con- I thought it was specifically Native Americans at first. I think yeah. Well, the you'll the gem- be, you'll be, maybe be able to speak better than us of like the like the the blood purity thing is generally like a like that blood quantum thing that's generally like a whole how american are you how european are you isn't it i have no clue well, okay. I don't know. well clearly i'm the expert in american racism no there's a line because later on the subgeneral or something's like i know the general can't see it but i know you've got black in you basically yeah so maybe I don't know, maybe the general just was stupid, but like, it confused me, it did confuse Welcome me. Welcome to Enoch Powell cast, yeah. where we discuss uh, <laughs> phrenology, your number one source for racism. Anyway, um, so Costner is sneaking off to avoid that lineup. Yes. And he gets caught. Really quickly. Yeah, he gets caught because someone with Down syndrome points him out. Um, or he's looking at him yeah, and they yeah. follow his, like, they're like, what's he, what's he looking he's at? Like line of thing, um, yeah. And they catch Costner and they take him off to this fascist prison camp. And the leader of the the leader of this gang, these post-apocalyptic bad boys, is he his name is Will Patton, who you said is from Yellowstone. Yeah. So 
And it's not the only Yellowstone reference. No. You <laughs> yeah. said he was exactly like he is in Yellowstone. He's, well, it's right? legit the same character. So yeah. if you've seen Yellowstone, it's Jamie Dutton's biological dad in Yellowstone is played by Will Patton. And this fascist leader is pretty much the exact same character. Like, <laughs> like there's the range of this actor. I've seen him in two things. He's great in both, but it's the same yeah. character in both. That's it's, it's, yeah. And it's, it's very much, you said Jericho, it's like a John C. McGinley kind yeah. of performance, but doing an Alan Rickman from Robin Hood. Precisely. That's exactly what it is. Exactly. I think it's Costner being like, well, one of the things that worked best about Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, is everyone loved Rickman. Yes. So we'll just try and do that. You'll be sort of like towing the line with sort of this hammy theatricality and you're going to be all dressed in black yeah. and you're going to have all the best lines. And yeah, and he's great as well. I'm, I don't, don't want to put it down. He's my favourite part probably. He's my favourite character in it. Um, it's, it's, it rides the line between I'm chewing the scenery but I'm not distracting from the film either. Like, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. Well, what did you guys think of the eight mile rap battle that they have? I thought it was amazing. Um, <laughs> I, I thought it was fucking hilarious. Because that's what I mean by like straddling that line of like you could overdo this and I could be laughing too like hard at it. Yeah. But um, yeah, their Shakespeare off was great. Yeah, because he's like, I'm an actor, I do Shakespeare. He's a man of And culture. he gives him, like, Costner is like, to be or not to be, that is the question. And then the guy's like, hmm, we few, we happy few, we band of brothers. And they just trade yeah, back and yeah. forth with the most, like, contextless. Like, it's not as if they're responding to each other. It's not as if it's, like, the jewel and Sandman no, 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 or whatever. No. They're just being like, oh, like, all the world's a stage. So it's, what can you remember? And, yeah, yeah exactly. Can you remember? <laughs> exactly. It's, they could almost have made it romantic of, like, the... Oh Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? It's just two men right up to each other's face doing a doing an eight mile rap I, I battle. I wish that came in at the end as well. I wish that's how they settled their differences. <laughs> yeah. you know? And Coster could have really pulled out a performance. Well, the thing it reminded me of was there's this story of Shane Black. I think last year was at uh, at an event at the New Bev Cinema in LA. I think it was a screening of the Nice Guys, and some guy stood up and was like. Mr. Black, I'm an actor. Will you cast me in your film? And Shane Black's like, cool, yeah, like, do me a Shakespeare monologue. Yeah. And the guy just froze and <laughs> sat down. But Kevin Costner is not going to be caught yeah. out. Could you imagine if that was Costner? Who was like, who was like, <laughs> You're not to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's like, well, actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I am good to go. Watching them have their sort of Shakespeare rap battle, I was like, what if they were musical theatre fans just exchanging lines to each other? Like, memories, all alone in the moonlight. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I'll love you tomorrow. <laughs> they could have called the sound of music, you know? <laughs> exactly. Well, that's my next note. So they're in this hellish, they're in this hellish prison camp, and, like, they're like a quarry, aren't they? It well, because no, it's, it, it's a mine. It is a mine. It, it's a mine. But, like, it has that sort of big, like, pool of water. Yeah. A mine. Like, do mines have that? Yes. Like, a pool of water? <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's okay, a mine. okay, okay, okay. It's a mine. <laughs> yeah. And there's, like, it's, it's nice. Like, you can sell tickets to that. Like, sort of secret cinema. It's one of those people who pay a lot of money yeah. for this little yeah. barge projector. No, like, like of, of all the bad things about this, this camp that yeah. Costner sent to, movie night. 
Yeah, movie night looks yeah. great. Yeah, seems, movie night looks yeah. great. Like, it seems uh, to be nightly as well. Like, yeah. Every fucking no, night. Every, you know? every night there's something new. There's a little projectionist who has a little cabin. They project on the screen, floating on the water. It yeah. looks real nice. It's kind of, again, like the water world right at Universal. And they're... <laughs> <laughs> projecting Kyle and I hand over to you here oh like I Universal Soldier it's, it's just when it says Dolph Lundgren on the yeah. fucking screen and my heart lit up you lit up I, yeah. lit up I was like maybe this is why it's three hours because we're going to watch Universal Soldier <laughs> <laughs> it's just a framing device this film isn't it yeah. um, everyone starts booing and throwing rocks and I would be the it's... only arsehole in that fucking quarry or mine being like no 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 Fucking don't change it, and you know they're gonna change it to something. I was hoping where well, you said I said Waterworld, you yeah. said Waterboy. You know? <laughs> uh, if they put Costner on the screen, that would have been great. But um, they change it to Sound of Music, and everyone applauds. Really good though. I I fucking love this. Uh, again, I've spoke about it on the podcast how I don't like films within films. Um, it opens it's the thing we spoke about the last action hero. Yeah, they're like okay, so Stallone plays. So Dolph uh, Lundgren's an actor, but Kevin Costner isn't an actor in real yeah. life. Like, and we have world. another one later on. Yeah, so it all, it all confuses <laughs> me. I really like this mine campsite. Um, I said at the time it reminds me of what I want Battlefield Earth to be. Yeah. The lighting was cool. The sets looked really nice. That budget was getting used really well. It looked post-apocalyptic as well. It did look like a Mad Max, like, fascist place. I kind of dug all their weird cult E, you know, they're the eight and stuff. They're weird rules. If you don't, if you're last in line, you don't get fed. When you say weird rules, I think this is like a daycare. I think this is like playgroup or like a nursery for children because we've got Giovanni Rubisi. He suffers from like, if you're last in line, you don't get to eat. Yeah. And then there's another one where it's musical chairs. Yeah, yeah. Because the leader is like, okay, everyone take a seat. And like, there's not enough seats because it's like musical chairs. And then some guy's like, oh, Sir, I, I don't have... I, I can't sit. And he's like, well, why aren't you sitting? He's like, there aren't any chairs. You can sit on the ground, can't you? And then he tries to, and it's like, oh, Simon didn't say. Yeah. And they make an example of this guy, so they give him the most sort of contrived it's the most execution. most convoluted, right, because they lead, they lead him to, like, a plank, right? And I'm like, he's going to get yeeted off. They're just going to... Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. yeah. And then, no, a rope drops down, so I'm like, yeah. they're going to noose him. They're going to yeah, fucking yeah. lynch him. And no, they tie him upside down so they can, I think, cut his throat. I think that was what Well, happened. we don't see, because squeamish Kevin Costner, the guy walks towards him and slashes... With cutlass, yeah. And then blood on his forehead... I was wondering if it was almost like a weird rite that like he's going to anoint himself with the blood or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But like, we don't see, like the, the violence is sort of very, maybe this is like a rating thing, um, yeah. but it's very like implied. It left almost entirely to your imagination. Yeah. And then they get branded. Yep. Yeah, they get branded. Yeah, Yellowstone, Yellowstone reference. Yeah. <laughs> Yellowstone reference. Just all full circle, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> And so Costner takes the guy takes Costner back to his like little uh, little uh, chateau, and we see that he has a bunch of success when like again Jordan Peterson he's like a here's my twelve rules for living, Mister Costner. Um, <laughs> well, I, I like this as well because even with the weird musical chairs and the weird execution, it shows that he doesn't really know what he's doing. Like, yeah, he is. He is how to be a fascist yeah, dictator. Exactly. Twelve steps to success. I like that. Um, yeah, everyone's a fraudster in the yeah, world of the And so I leap forward in these notes, so I don't cover the escape. Do right, the, you the, want to... The escape, I'll set up for a Zion. Like, so Kevin Costner says to the black guy and Giovanni, yeah. let's all get the fuck out of here, let's make an escape. 
and um, Giovanni's like no and you called it as well you called the line it's like when he's like no because I like it here I like it here <laughs> yeah. you know I get fed once a day I'm losing so much weight <laughs> I've got a decent job for the first time you know like sound of music every night um, it's great here so I thought okay and I, I thought I was kind of like you that they were going to be sidekicks or they were going to carry on as well so I was like they're going to make this great escape this is going to be a big chunk of the film as well probably is what I was expecting Yeah. but then no like, take us away as I how is the escape so Costner approaches Woody and Giovanni Ribisi and uh, and he asks them, you know, hey, we should we should do an escape. And Woody's like, yeah, kinda. And Ribisi's like, no, no, I, I like it here. Yeah. I like it here. Yeah. And then cut to immediately the next morning, they send Kevin Costner on this suicide mission across this bridge. Yeah. Well, he- it's because there's someone's went hunting for a lion the lion the lion oh and, yeah and they're like we need a volunteer to go see what happened you know go through these little fucking wounds and stuff giovanni volunteers and they're like no 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 you shakespeare so kevin costner gets sent across the bridge he doesn't get a gun either he gets a knife because that's all you need to take on a lion <laughs> I thought was, which i thought was fun and there was you know he doesn't see anyway so that's when he he goes across this fucking rope bridge straw bridge thing and finds the corpse Yes. yes, he finds the corpse, which is revealed to be half-eaten, Yes, hence why the lion is so well-fed. Yes. Uh, <laughs> just eating all these stray prisoners, I like that, though. And then, and then Costner's coming across the, the bridge, which is over, like, it's between two mountains, yeah, a big thousand feet up in the air, yeah. above a, a river. Yeah. And I mean, he, it's a wooden bridge in a post-apocalyptic setting. You don't think it there's some maintenance on this bridge? Yeah, no, no one's doing maintenance. And it breaks, he falls in, and just immediately goes, oh, this is perfect. I can now swim downstream a river and escape because he survives the fall. So then what does the fascist cult do is they send the two characters that Costner had the night before said, hey, you guys want to escape? <laughs> the, the cult then sends those two characters to chase after him. And you're like, perfect. The, 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 the cult has now planned their escape. Yeah. Perfectly. And perfectly. Like, it, they, they didn't even need to plan it because the cult had their backs the whole time yeah. uh, for getting them out of there. So, yeah. So, Woody, you know, goes into the water after Costner and Rabizi follows along. And then, of course, things don't go to plan because it turns out that there's more cult leaders following after them. And well, yeah, because he gets to he gets Giovanni and... I didn't expect this. I didn't expect him because Giovanni finds him and shouts out that I found him. Yeah. And immediately gets shot by Costner. Like, there's not even a hesitation. <laughs> he doesn't you know? try and cover him in his nice stomach bed smother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dead men don't talk. Um, <laughs> and I like that. So I was like, okay, also, this film isn't fucking about. Like you were saying, yeah. when it's getting the escape, this has gone boof, boof. So this might be three hours, but we're moving Yeah, swiftly. what did I say? I said 100 miles an hour down miles. the highway. I said it. <laughs> I said it in the pre-show. I haven't seen this movie. Do nothing about it. I knew. I knew we were getting and in I, a fast yeah, car. Um, so then we get Woody approaches him as well. Has a strange little knife off. Well, this is the least dramatic scene of all time, which you and Isaiah pointed yeah. out, where you're like, the guard who turns up, and they do that kind of like, you know, like, 
uh, who are you going to pick? Yeah. Who are you going to pick? Are you going to go with Costner to freedom? Or are you going to go with a guard who called you the N-word? We, like, in a scene immediately preceding this This one. is us being wrestling fans, and we've seen this a million <laughs> times. You know, we know exactly what's coming. It's a swerve. But also as well, yeah, so Woody throws a knife at the guard, gets him in the arm, and then gets, like, blasted seven times in the chest. Yeah. And that's him gone. That's, that's your... Well, because you thought he was getting out of it, and I was like... He's if if Costner were to have a sidekick, it would be a name. Costner's not diluting his star power by tagging along with some no name Mark. Yeah. So yeah, I was just waiting for. I was like, okay, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna do the right thing, but die in the yeah. Mexican standoff, which leaves Costner alone to wander the the wastelands. And we get another Shakespeare reference. Alas, poor Yorick. I knew him, Horatio, a fellow of infinite jest. He finds a um, he finds a car, a van with a skeleton, and he and a, and a lighter, a lighter, yeah, that's which... filled with a fucking fuel as well. And he turns into a caveman. <laughs> no, how long was he wandering? Fire time, and heat hot. You know? Time is a very fluid thing in the world of the postman, yeah. because you're like, like. It's like he's been wandering the desert for so long and he's like dehydrated or he hasn't been like he's Tom Hanks and cast away like he's he's so desocialized that he can't communicate or just he's just like very convenient as well but like that's okay now he is he takes the postman's uniform he, well the corpse is a postman yes that's what it takes the skeleton's uniform to keep warm yeah um, he fact, santa claus is yeah, it yeah yeah he's it, just it's like very tim, yeah he's very tim <laughs> allen here he also commits a federal crime by burning the letters the mail yeah the mails, yeah. yeah so and I, that comes up again as a reference which made me smile because yeah. at least it's self-aware it knows this yeah it's aware of it's the, writing what, it better than yeah. i would so i'm happy with that <laughs> so yeah and then like it's not i don't know why he takes Mail with him because there's a Playboy, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I need I need this bag to carry my Playboy, which I've discovered. Uh, maybe I'll need to burn these down the line. I've yeah. got Playboy and I've got some kindling. Yeah, and he comes across a town, and this is where Pineview. Yeah, Pineview. This is where I lit up because we have our second Malcolm in the Middle cast member. Oh, I forgot to say going back. So the play they're doing Shakespeare is Macbeth, and he's wearing kind of a. Not killed, but he's draped in tar. Yeah, yeah. So we're inducting Kevin Costner. He's going to swear us in as postman, and we're going to deputize him as honorary scholar Kevin Costner. Nice. Kevin um, Costner. <laughs> <laughs> but we get another, uh, keeping tally, we get another Malcolm in the Middle cast member here with Commandant Spangler, who is Daniel Von Bargen. Okay. I just want to read you his IMDb page because this is clearly written by him. A character actor who seems to pop up everywhere as a stereotypical cop, military officer, and or tough guy. Von Bargen could turn in performances of stunning complexity when given the chance. Well, he, That's his agent being given the chance. Yeah. But, the, yeah. the, but the first line's true because he was a sheriff and he was a tough guy. So yeah. Like, it's not lying. Yeah, so he's the, he's the sort of, like, head of the town. And he, like... He gives Costner shit because he's immediately like, this man is a fraudster. He is a liar. Yeah, like um, right away. We've like, yeah, if you're living in a nice little community in the in the post-apocalypse, you have to learn to be able to like tell like tell your shysters when mm -hmm. they come in and try and take advantage of you. And Costner's like, no, I swear I'm a real mailman. And he pulls out the letters and he's basically like, is he there like... three a, chances, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, give you three chances and... I think it's on the third or the fourth one. Yeah. He does call out a correct name. Yeah. And some blind woman yeah. lights up and it's she's like, like, 
oh, that's my name. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And so he comes into the town and, like, hands out the mail and, like, they all immediately love him. He becomes, but, like, the toast of the town, like a celebrity. Does. And we're not even... Before we get to what it is, this is when we're, I see Peggy Lipton. Yeah. Who's, if we're keeping tallies, my Twin Peaks. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> and I also... Because, you know, she's relatively well built in this. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I've seen, I seen her name in the credits. I was like, oh, that's Twin Peaks reference. She's also age-appropriate for Costner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, a, you know, an attractive lady. So I instantly assumed, because he's found the blind woman's male and that's yeah. like her mom, this yeah. is going to be her. She's Both you and Isaiah called This is the Love Interest. Yeah, 100%. Um, which misdirect on the part of uh, Swerves, O2 yeah. filmmaker Kevin Costner. But, like, you, I think, were... You two were focused on trying to anticipate the, the romantic, yeah. romantic thing. The thing that got me, I was obsessed with... Costner just working the crowds. They're like, oh, hey, he's great. Let him in. And Costner is just charming them. He says, if there are dogs in this town, you'll have to leash him while I'm here. <laughs> and they all love it. Like, they're all just cracking I didn't up. Get, I didn't even fucking I clicked yeah. either of you. I had to explain yeah. it. I was like, he's a mailman. The sworn enemy of the mailman is the dog. And this kind of... This kind of leads into the next part because they just cross off... Like, what would you say are the three biggest, like, word associations for mailman? Probably getting chased by dogs, going postal, doing shootings, and then fathering illegitimate children. And this movie does all of them. Uh, All three of them. (laughs) (laughs) Because Costner's in town, and, like, they're having a little, like, get-together, dance, whatever, and a woman... Well, his phone pings, because he matched... Oh with, yeah, with, <laughs> he matched with, you know, uh, Olivia Williams yeah, from yeah. Rushmore. Yeah, um, he matches with Abby, whose whose bio says, "Husband and I are looking for a third. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and who better to be a third than than the mailman? And she's she's right on him as well. Like, <laughs> immediately, the second he arrives in town, she's like, "Listen, I have a proposal for you." Yeah. How tall are you? Do your balls work? You know. I have an indecent proposal. <laughs> have you ever had syphilis? <laughs> Let's go. My husband's dick doesn't work, yeah. and we would like you to father our child. Yeah. And he's like non-committal at first. Like he doesn't give an answer, does he? Well, um, yeah, and he's like, you know, there's plenty of men, and oh, it'd be weird if it was some. Yeah, if it's someone time. who hangs around, has to see every day, yeah, then yeah. then that would be odd. So really, it has to be you. And so we get. So in other words, his newfound job of being a postman for five minutes is just blowing up. Yeah. <laughs> it is just, it is just the greatest discovery of all time. Especially yeah. <laughs> because he's probably spent years wandering that desert. Yeah, yeah. Hero, you know. Well, like... he's an actor, and I know how unforgiving <laughs> that is. Just constantly knocking on doors, experiencing rejection, performing plays to audiences yeah. of two who really don't want to be watching you, and then you like suddenly people are like, oh, hey, I'm interested in you. You're going to leap on that and be like, I can play the role. I can do this. Because you you, you were like, the putting together, you're like, this kid's dad is actually going to be the mailman. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Uh, Not having seen the movie too, I was wondering if that would be the next two hours and 40 minutes yeah, is yeah. to see who else's dad would be Kevin Costner, the mailman. And if it was just that kind of, well, kind this, of movie. This is where he, this is where he deputizes, like, because there's, what's his, what's the guy's Ford. name? Ford. Ford. Ford what Lincoln? Yeah. Ford. Continental or something? 
Uh, yeah. I thought it was literally just a car name. Ford Lincoln Mercury yeah, is the is the kid who he's like wants to be a postman and Costner's like I don't think you're cut. He's like it. I like cars. I want to drive cars. Yeah, and he's, he's gonna like, do a, that's yeah. a kid dream. The yeah. man's dream is to be a postman. <laughs> <laughs> and so Costner's like, well, if you're sure about it, you can take the oath, and only a postman can make another postman. Yeah. And I thought he meant biologically. I thought we were going to get like a Game of Thrones, like dragon seeds, like only Targaryens can ride dragons. Like, or, you know, that movie, like the, the Quebecois movie that they remade with Vince Vaughn. Like, I think it was Starbuck originally. And then this oh, delivery yeah. man where they're like, yeah. he is a sperm donor and has oh, like a yeah, thousand yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought Costner was going to have an army of post people who he had all fathered yeah. um, I, I like this scene as well because when he's reciting the lines for him and he's literally just looking up and reading off yeah, the fucking yeah. signs on the wall I think that's when and it made sense again it's a smart film when Ford spoilers kind of becomes a fraudster himself in the future yeah. because he knows at this point he yeah. knows this is all bullshit yeah. and it's just a symbolic kind of thing and it's something you know with a good message behind it yeah I really like Ford as well in. Ford's great I, I will deal with it a little later yeah, on come but I wanted Ford to be the lead. Yeah. I want to Even Ford. instantly, I was like, this kid's good. Like, he's, yeah, he's, he's a good actor. He's a good actor. He's, yep, all up for it. Um, so Costner continues deceiving the, the town because they're like, oh, is the president still alive? And he's like, he's well, like, bad yeah. Bad president name. Bad yeah, president. Well, he, he says, yeah, the president's doing great. And a woman who, not a feminist like I am, she says, what's his name? Which is very... 2013. 2013. Come on, it's it's her time. <laughs> um, I'm with her. And Kevin Costner says the president's name is uh, Richard Starkey. His friends call him Ringo. <laughs> and you better believe it's getting better. It's getting better all the time. Which Ringo didn't even fucking sing. <laughs> yeah, like with a little help from my friends, he won the presidential election. Fuck um, off, <laughs> She's 16, she's beautiful. Um, and, uh, yeah, so Costner then, we, we, let's just, my notes tail off. So Costner does, Costner's in bed and Rushmore comes to him. Yes. And just waltzes in as well. Waltzes like. in, strips off and yeah. gets in bed. Yeah. And he's like, okay, sure, why not? And we don't get the shot of her husband looking behind. That's like, why I expect. cracking the but, you know, just... but he was there. He was, he was there. Hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. yeah. <laughs> no. In the he cupboard was... with the people, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I like looking through the eyes of the painting, like Scooby Doo. Yeah. <laughs> we should also note that Costner was introduced to the husband. Mere minutes. minutes. The husband appears. Too. They're yeah. speaking, and the husband's like, "Hello." Yeah. <laughs> My wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is funny as well. I mean. It's quite good that she does. She does say like, "Close your fucking eyes" or something. Yeah, or, like, they speak about like yeah. it being intimate versus mechanical yeah. or whatever. And yeah, and so doesn't they make doesn't look that way though. They make it sweet, sweet love <laughs> seventeen <laughs> times in a row, <laughs> dripping with sweat. And, and then she watches him while he sleeps. Well, because he's passed out. It still looks like midcoitus as well. Like yeah. she's still on top of him, and he's he is snoring. He's coitus. This is his fucking lady friend. This he's just helping it. her conceive, man. And uh, yeah, so he's like, a, it's a kind of like a, I'm shipping out in the morning. She's yeah. like, this is my last chance yeah. because. Costner is out of there and he they give him a horse and he rides from Utah to Oregon yeah and when he's so 
basically, I have two more notes for this film. Well, like, okay. Well, like, I don't know, like, is my chronological order is going to get fucked up, but the fascists arrive to Pineview soon, don't they? Yeah, so let's just deal with that now. The fascists leave, arrive at Pineview almost they're still as soon looking as for possible. Well, they, they arrive in Pineview, and yeah. we gotta, we gotta talk about a scene while we're on the topic between Abby, her husband, and the fascist well, leader. Well, does, yeah. Because yeah. the, the fa- Patton. That's the, that's the only point that's pertinent to cover, I think, is yeah. like the husband is here and... Right, so the, the fascist arrives, he asks the sheriff, have you seen the fucking postman? Because they see the flag. Yeah. Have you seen the postman? Yeah, they great see, movie. They've seen the flag, <laughs> they see the flag of America's up. Yeah. So he loses it, you know, why have we got that? There is no government. Yeah. Yeah. He gets cut husband to burn it down. <laughs> The fire yeah. makes him do it and torch the, the cuckold husband instantly burns him. <laughs> they're, like, no, they're, they're like, you need to burn it down, and, and like the guy whose wife just got fucked by the postman <laughs> five minutes earlier. Now, like that, like that guy is asked to burn down a flag that was hung by the guy who just nailed his wife. And he's like, oh, I can't do that. I just, like, like, how could he have any loyalty to the postman after what just happened? No, well, the night before. We need to, we need to, we need to, we need to discuss this now because you, I say, we all kind of spoke about, we're like, oh, the postman surprisingly woke for a 1997 movie. And like, we're like, okay, it's Kevin Costner dealing with polyamory. And this is a progressive, he's not going to be like, you're a sniveling, cowardly, emasculated cuckold. He's like, no, he's a strong man who's going to defy. Like, just because I let other people fuck my wife doesn't mean that I'm well, any d- less of a man. Don't, but then, you know, he's specific. Anyway, we'll get to that. <laughs> right, we'll get to that. He, he burns it down. He throws the fucking, or the fascist king throws it into the post office. Yeah. Ford steals some mail. Sucks. Ford Mercury Lincoln is like, no, I'm going to go down with the ship. And Spangler's like, no, kids, I've got a military school. Like, I'm going to whip some. Yeah. So, um, and then fascist leader is sitting drinking lemonade, which is weird. You pointed out as well. Or maybe it's just lemon water. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he's drinking lemonade. Yeah. Because it's colored. It's like, colored, it's not, it's yeah. not, it's not clear. So it's not lemon water. So it's lem- brewed. Lem- lemons, you know, it's like Shelbyville. There's plenty of fucking lemons here, <laughs> yeah. you know. It's got a slice of a lemon in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a nice little cocktail that he's drinking. Um, and that's when he sees her Rushmore and he's like, that's a fine piece of ass. Yeah. Like, take. Are you aware yeah. of the medieval tradition yeah, yeah, of prima nocta? <laughs> and he's saying this to Cut Husband as well, man. And he's like, "That's my wife. I don't just let anyone fuck her, man. Yeah. You know? <laughs> You've got. Are you a cowboy? Because otherwise, no." <laughs> so that's him like standing up for her, and that was that was genuinely funny. Because um, <laughs> he because he fucking dies for her. <laughs> he dies. Like, he dies for Coster. You know? Fascist leader dies in defense of Coster being the only guy who can bang his wife. Like, that is the most amazing story point in any movie ever. Imagine Coster like, writing this. Coster. Because he has- <laughs> I can't do this podcast. <laughs> I may not agree with your right to fuck my husband, but I will die for your right to do it. I can't. Like, oh. it's so funny. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's just stop and not say something. Right, so, wait, wait, I'll get back on. But you take, so, fascist king just takes her anyway. Yeah. She, she's now a slave. 
your boy, the sheriff, lies and says he goes to the east instead of west. Yeah. Because he secretly believes, because he gave him a letter. Yeah, um, yeah. He's, My girlfriend in Canada yeah. <laughs> wants this letter. She goes to a different school. You yeah, know, you know yeah. her. But she's a total dime. She's a model. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's, again, this is where the message of hope and belief and like that sort of themes that are going to run through. I don't know what the next scene is because I was so overblown by Sacrifice of the Cup Husband. That, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just fucking stunned. Um, I think not- we're I think we're in Oregon. I think we cut to he's in the town hall and oh, he's handing yeah, out yeah, mail yeah, yeah, yeah. to people and they're like, is there any more? And he's like, well, not right now, but maybe, maybe later. Yeah, he's like, he's oh, just... it's like Broadway's back as well. He's like, you know, <laughs> you might Cats not... <laughs> is playing once again. You guys Cats might not have drinking to... water yet, but you know, don't worry. Andrew Lloyd Webber's still drinking. <laughs> um, so that was fun. So yeah, and that's also, the, again, the time, because he gets their fucking lickety split as well. You know? Yeah. That's a fast horse. Um, <laughs> It's like the horse goes 100 miles per hour. Just like the movie, you know? (laughs) Fucking good. I mean, you know, because I was dreading this was going to be plotting between town to town. Yeah. Like, nah, he just teleports there. Well, it's rare that we object to The Simpsons, but I've got to say, Simpsons, they done the postman dirty. They did. Because, yeah, he walks very little, and it's not boring and monotonous. It's kind of fun. And so I'm, I'm losing track of what happens here. I think... The, the the legend of the postman sort of continues to... Oh, no, he... So, Cuck Husband has been killed, and there's a big <laughs> shootout where Rushmore turns out to be, like, an amazing sniper. And so... Yeah, she's taken as a slave. Yeah. Um, and she's got, like, run behind the wagon, which is yeah. quite fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he, she, they arrive at a town where the where postman... I don't, I don't know if this still is Oregon. I think it might be a second, another place. They're in Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Five minutes later, we're on the other coast. Um, So they're in Alaska. And and they won't open the gates because there's a federal fucking man of the government or whatever they call them. They've got respect for him, though. They're not going to do it. And Costner goes out anyway with a little white flag. Yeah, Costner. But but because he shaved, you know, as well. Oh, yeah, I forgot. um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got a shave when he was in uh, Pineview. Yeah. And general fascism doesn't recognise him anymore. Yeah. He was was like, I've seen you somewhere before, but, you know, like... Are you an actor? Have I seen you in a commercial? No, 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 I'm a postman. (laughs) Just just impregnate and leave, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Don't do any of that acting business. (laughs) So, again, I'm jumping about here, but yeah, this is where the general just fucking ballista taught, you know, blows the fucking place apart. They all charge in, but Rushmore gets a gun, she yeah. knocks a clubs a guy, and she turns out to be a mean shooter, like yeah. taking them all out. She gets away with Costner. Yeah. And that sets them up going into the They go into their little cabin retreat. Well, well it for... turns into fake snow land. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about that for too long because <laughs> you know, is that real snow? Is that fake? No, it's fake as fuck. And I don't know where this is about because we we're going from like desert to green lush. I you know, I know America through movies and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but I don't know. I guess it's in the mountains and it's it's really cold there. Costner was shot as well in the shootout. Yeah. So he's... He's sh- not doing anything. Yeah. He's not contributing. Yeah, no. So he's been shot in the stomach. She um, she calls him a lazy bastard for not trying to use his legs. Yeah. A great scene as well where, you know, he's talking about we want to get grass and water to yeah. eat. So she instantly takes the fucking horse outside and just old yellers it. Um, <laughs> which I fucking loved. You loved it as well, actually. Like... 
So yeah, they're, they're here for... This is where it gets a bit times strange, because they're here all winter. Yeah, they're in the cabin waiting for the snow to thaw or whatever, so yeah. they spend, at the very least... Three months. Three months. Three months. And you don't have supplies. I mean, no, well, he does have supplies. He did actually they get one horse. He got, no, but also the sheriff, they gave him three months supplies. Yeah. yeah. So he did have supplies. They did have the horse. That would explain why they could keep fire going. I mean, she's a badass, so she would have been cutting the wood while Costner was sitting with a blanket. Costner <laughs> um, is singing Sound of Music to himself, yeah. remembering he his good old days in the prison. He doesn't want to go camp. either. You know, she's like, let's yeah. get the fuck out of here. And yeah. he's like, no, it's good company. We've got yeah. a good shelter here. Like, yeah, have, you thought of, have, you, have you I'm thought of starting a family and maybe <laughs> have a couple more kids? If Costner has his way in that moment with abby it's like it's like that's the end of the movie yeah, yeah. they're just gonna yeah. live in this cabin in the woods yeah and be together but she's like no like this isn't we gotta go we gotta keep going yeah, like, yeah. this isn't it and she, like, she burns down the cabin to get away together because she's she, like oh i gotta go do stuff <laughs> well she, I, was the, I was the postman you for were, two cities and look what it got me shot <laughs> you were like you were like what an idiot because the cabin catches fire and she's like don't worry all our belongings are out here and he's like what happened and doesn't twig that she has burned the cabin down to force him to go back yeah. to work yeah how you get a meat to go fucking out of the basement, isn't it? <laughs> you gotta smoke them out. Um, so, yeah, um, winter thaws, and this is where we will discuss, so, the, the sort of, the... The incredible the, reveal. Incredible um, reveal. Well, the... I don't know if we're speaking about the same thing here. So they're in the cabin for three months. Yeah. The sort of the elasticity of time in the postman. So... He impregnates her on his final night in town. He then rides to Oregon. He then, like, they're in the they're in the cabin for, at the very least, three months. Three months, yeah. And, yeah, you might just want to keep track of this gestation period because we will reveal to you this baby is not born during the events of the postman, which seem to take place... He rides to and from Oregon, like, 17 times. Yeah. Utah to Oregon on horseback... And this baby is still not born. I have a theory. Yeah? I'll share it later. Okay. Okay. So, when they're out, he's reluctantly been dragged out into the world. They uh, they encounter a, a, a postman. Like someone in the uniform. Postgirl, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah. Because he gets Post- all the fat, you know, they get their guns ready, and she's yeah. like, um, fucking officer number 22 or whatever. Yeah. Which I thought was great. And it's like, you're already, we clicked, and you were like, Ford's gone and started a revolution. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're three months old. You've been fucking about in a cabin. That young lad has got all these... He's got actual service delivery. He's yeah. hired people to the cause. Like, uniforms are made and all ready to go. Costner's an absolute charlatan. Like, he's a <laughs> lying fraudster. And as we've discussed, this this plays into Isaiah's, Isaiah's point that this is, like, The Postman is the most woke movie from 1997. <laughs> is they're doing, like, a commentary that black people built America? Yeah. And white, like, wealthy white people just took credit for it. Like, yeah, like, Ford Mercury Lincoln does all of the work. And Kevin Costner is just this messiah figure that turns up and is like, okay, cool. Costner has the idea. Where's the women who want to be pregnant? Costner has the idea, like, hey, what if I just go around saying I'm a postman getting, like, free bowls of soup (laughs) and, and, you know... Fucking people's, uh, yeah, lives. people's <laughs> lives. 
And then he just, he tells Ford, oh yeah, man, like, we're going to start a restored America. Yeah. It's a real duty. And then he immediately, like, <laughs> he immediately gets shot, goes into a cabin, and just sits there for three Hibernates. months. Only gets to, only leaves because he is burned out of it by the person who doesn't want to spend another fucking day in the cabin with him. Yeah. Like, Abby burns him out of the cabin. He then shows up at a new camp that Ford has Fully just beat. It's honestly incredible. It's amazing. That's why we're like. That's why we're like. Amazing. That's where like this has to be over nine months. Like this has. I mean, like Ford has built like the entire. They've got delivery systems. Yeah. They're rocking. Like they've got trucks. Yeah. Um, they're they're sorting mail. And uh, uh, like done, everyone has a uniform. Ford's done all of this. Yeah. yeah. And what do they say? They go, ah, it's all because of the postman. <laughs> yeah. and it's like no. <laughs> Almost none of this is because no. of the postman. This is all Ford. Yep. Well, this is what we've got. This is what won me round is you've always said to me, you're like, Kevin Costner, Americana, that's his thing. It's yeah. baseball, it's cowboys. And I was like, this is where this, for me, it was like, this is Andrew Dominic. This is deconstructing American myths. <laughs> We're like unpicking. He's like, he like... He's such a fraud that, the, the, like, the movie knows he's a fraud. Like, the movie is deconstructing heroism. Yeah. Like, it's unpicking. He's an anti-messiah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, this movie, kind of amazing. It is amazing. It's all types of amazing. Yeah. And so, uh, where do we go from here? He even has a, I always want to say, Ford even has set up a printing press. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, within three months? So yeah. you are, you are my fucking postman already. <laughs> Um, I mean, the thing is as well like Costner kind of comes in and takes over again as yeah. well he takes charge of it set them up on their roots and stuff this is where I believe when general fascism is starting to catch them and kill them as well yeah the children yeah because they're all kids as well all these new postmen are kids apart from apart from one old man um, <laughs> that's not Kevin Costner there is an old man as well because um, they ask him how old are you like I'm 64 which he is closer to Kevin Costner's age yeah. than... Kevin Costner's closer to being the old man than he is being, like, the lost boys that are there. Yeah, because, like, that's the other thing. If it's 2013, right, and he said he got his tattoo in 1970, I was like, unless you got it when you were... What's that? I'm trying to do the math in my head here. That would be 43 years ago he got his tattoo. No, 20. That makes sense. Okay. Never okay. Mind. Never mind. <laughs> I was like, he didn't get that tattoo when he was 10 or something. No. So that... But he can't ride. So he's going to be, like, the... What do you call it? He... The person that stays and sorts the mail and yeah, like the head the postmaster general. Yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's gonna yeah. be the guy that they sorts it. Basically. Yeah, yeah. And there's one, there's one amazing, amazing moment as Costner becomes leader of Ford's all of Ford's work. Costner comes in, just takes credit for it, becomes yeah. the leader. And what is his first thing that he makes all of his postmen do? He goes, "Well, when I was a kid in America." We used to turn our hats backwards. Oh, oh yeah. And he makes oh. all the postmen turn these their hats backwards. These hats don't look good backwards. No, Except so for Fords. Fords in the ball cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once again, once again. Yushanka Russian hats yeah. around. They're yeah. all spinning yeah. backwards. <laughs> the hats don't look good backwards. Except Fords, who once again comes through. I like think, I to, think, make, to, to, to make Costner's vision work because it's I, like Costner's no, like no. turn the hats back. I, I think Costner. I think Costner's doing it intentionally. I think he's like, I don't want these postmen stealing my women like I'm gonna make all these postmen look like dorks so as soon as, as, <laughs> so soon as like, he separated from the path he put his hat exactly, back on yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I, and you have to wear your pants real high. <laughs> postman, that's the number one rule being a postman. So I, I have forgot. I think I had something. Oh, okay. So annoyingly, the thing that the film leaves unresolved is while Ford's speaking, he's like reading like the postman's dictate. Yeah. And he's like, P.S. Do any of you know what P.S. stands for? And Costner puts his hand up and says, I do. And everyone turns around. Yeah. And we were like, oh, what's it going to be? Because I was like, oh, it's Postman Says. It should be Postman uh, Says. Yeah. And you were like, no, no, they're not going to answer. And I was like, no, 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 Costner's going to tell them. Costner's going to tell them. But alas, we don't find out what P.S. stands for in the world. It's not Postscript in the world of Postman. It I liked be... how, what the because he doesn't read it to the crowd, but it was something like, Ford's the greatest, and I love him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> My best friend, signed President Starkey. <laughs> yeah, I, so this is also also where the film does lose a little bit of momentum as well. Yeah. Again, as much as I enjoyed this, this is where the three hours... I think this is, might be where we took a little quick pause intermission. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's still an hour and a half to go. Yeah. Um, so it's like there's another film going to happen, which is essentially general fascism hunting down... The Postman, yeah. um, killing kids, um, yeah. going from town to town. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm going to be going through this quick. So I think we yet. just... Well, the only thing I can think of that's not plot-related before we just hop on our like light-speed horse and dash to the finish Straight line to Tom Petty. Yeah. Is the hero <laughs> shot. Like when oh, oh Costner God. sort of rises to the mantle so of being the postman. We all we all pointed it out as well. So he, <laughs> there's this little fucking cottage in a beautiful field, right? And it's got fresh crops and it's all yeah. gold. It looks like fucking Field of Dreams. It's exactly it's <laughs> Kevin Costner's vision of Americana. Yeah. It's like that sort of like golden um, sunset, like is, nice little plantation. But it's immaculate and porch, I mean, she has whatever. a bookshelf of like yeah. polished boots. There's like cutlery. Out it's nicer there. than my place for sure. And the mum, the mum's dressed in drags and. She, she, she looks awful but her house looks immaculate yeah yeah and Costner's I got his delivering mail there he rides past for whatever reason he's yeah. on a mission he's yeah. like there are some wives to fuck There's and a little boy is like waving a letter and Costner zooms past zooms him, past him but then he stops and he turns it's like his sixth sense kind of goes off as well and it's got that slow the horse kind of turns back it's like Costner you've forgotten something yeah the whole like this this beat lasts this is a three hour long movie and I feel like 15 minutes of it is this beat um, <laughs> like he sort of slows down slow motion he makes eye contact with the kid and there's that kind of like you know lingering and then he rides full pelt. slow motion you full pelt but we're seeing in slow <laughs> yeah. motion galloping towards the kid outstretched waving the letter and I was like he's gonna stample he's gonna like he's gonna <laughs> trample the kid right past the him, yeah. Just, yeah like oops I right right the wrong way yeah. <laughs> yeah. and uh, he like snatches the letter from the kids and rides off doesn't turn nope. doesn't turn no, no. <laughs> just he's, continues riding off in yeah, the wrong direction in the wrong direction he's yeah. not going the wrong way <laughs> but that's like <laughs> I just I want the scene even though that scene is like four minutes it should only be like a shot I would have liked it to be one minute longer just to see him have to stop the horse turn it back around and then awkwardly drop by the house again wait until they go inside wait until the mom and kid go inside and then just crouch down like how does he get out of that like I I think he went the long way around (laughs) 
<laughs> so someone's like, uh, like, oh, I've got a birthday card from like my mother. That my birthday was now like eighteen months ago because yeah. Kevin Costner took the long way around. <laughs> Meanwhile, this child is still in the womb of Rushmore. So yeah, we have that. Maybe we should just speak about some of the other filmmaking things. So like Kevin Costner plagiarizes himself extensively like that's slow motion and it's like that's the messiah shot from dances with wolves Mm -hmm. or like he does the same things like his animals being killed like the the galloping in slow motion whatever there's a lot of directorial trademark yeah yeah. yeah. and the other thing we spoke about is just like the the movies that plagiarize this of where like this is like a pioneering like text so like this arrives in 1997 there weren't that many like like Around about Hunger Games, sort of late 2000s, we got so many apocalypse things, like Book of Eli, like The Road, like, we got, like, tons of, like, Zombieland, we got tons of these things. Waterworld's most apocalyptic, though. Yeah, we get Waterworld and Mad Max, I guess. Yeah, like... But I feel like it wasn't as in vogue when Costner was doing it. Yeah, I guess it does, I guess there's, like, a, it becomes cool and hip again. yeah. It's there, cyclical, I mean, there's stuff flat I don't, like, the video games Fallout are obviously really popular yeah. as well in the 2000s uh, yeah. they could be a reason to start, but this is not I, I really want to keep saying this over again this is not really a post-apocalyptic movie no, uh, no, not at all, not in the slightest it, it, it looks nicer than it does that, in these days you know, yeah, um, if you remove those five minutes with the Tramapoline and yeah. the, the lion and the him trying covered, to watch TV, yeah, nothing works everything's broken and abandoned, for Mad Max part, you take away that, you yeah. would never tell us you cut five minutes in this movie, it's just like Kevin Costner's riding through a lovely scenic yeah. countryside, yeah but yeah, so there's like a number of directors who who have plagiarized this. Not least Stanley Kubrick, you said, where there's the shining shot. There is a shining shot yeah. through the snow. Yeah, that, that one's a retrospective. Yeah, I mean, ripoff. Because the yeah. shining was 17 years earlier, but yeah. still, yeah, <laughs> still, fuck you, Kubrick. You took you, you took from Kevin. <laughs> There's the brand. There's the branding. That's Yellowstone. Yellowstone yeah. took that. Yeah. What else do we have? Yeah, the Dances with Wolves. The Dances with Wolves shot is the funniest. There's yeah. a couple, and even at the end of the horses, that's Dances with Wolves, almost yeah. beat for beat. Uh, Alan, Alan Rickman, retrospectively, plagiarized the performance of Will Patton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And maybe we'll come up with some more by the end. But Shakespeare yeah. rap battle is legit. Eight, eight mile. mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or Sh- like Shakespeare stole from Kev, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's your cousin, Marvin Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a hot new couplet for you. Okay, Kyle, do you want to take us home with Tom Petty? Right, because so, Tom Petty was building, it's, and it's the Anne credit as well. Yeah. I, I, that was also my other light up at the start, when yeah. I was like, oh my fucking God, I love Tom Petty. Even 97 Tom Petty, maybe he's not absolutely at his prime. But I was like, okay, and I, I, I kind of called it, because I knew he wasn't going to, I kind of thought he was going to be like a stage or something, but... Yeah. Um, you, you gave us, you were like, he will not be a musician. He will he'll not be, be like a, a minstrel or like a sheriff or like a mayor. Yeah, mayor or, or the president was yeah, kind of my last Richard one. Starkey, if he yeah. was Starkey, that would have been that amazing. Been so yeah. fucking funny. Uh, Why but, couldn't they have got Ringo? Because we were calling, we were like, it's going to be, or I was like, it's going to be the Richard Lionheart Sean Connery of like, 
it's, like Petty's gonna turn up in the last five minutes yeah. and restore order to the land. They're like, oh, great work, peace and love, guys. <laughs> if great Ringo, work, I would have liked to Ringo to actually play the president and have Kevin be like, oh shit, I thought it was just bullshitting, you know? <laughs> I was making that up, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Everything I meme is coming to existence here. <laughs> but no, yeah, so Tom Petty doesn't show up to what, maybe the last 20, half. Yeah, half hour, hour honestly. Yeah. And he is the mayor of Bridge City, which is, is another place where. At this point, Kevin Costner's abandoned the restored United States. Yeah, he's told the postman. Two many kids are dying. The president says we need to disband. Commentary. Yeah, yeah. Shootings, kids being killed, and Kevin Costner taking action. He's not just thoughts and prayers. Yeah, exactly. So him and Rushmore. He's like, let's close the schools. Uh, is Rushmore still with him? Yeah, I think Rushmore's still with him. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's getting her to safety because yeah, he wants to raise the baby. Yeah. Well, <laughs> raise it, another it, man's baby. It, yeah. well, he's, <laughs> he's the body father. Um, and this is where Tom Petty, and he is the mayor of British City. The bodyguard, the body father. <laughs> so first of all, as well, British City looks great. Kind of starting to go back to post apart. It's very steampunk in Luca, and there's yeah, all yeah. these contraptions and stuff. Looks like a dam. I think it is a dam that yeah. they're building it on. And we both laughed. We had the first time to rewind it as well because, <laughs> and you were trying to jump on it, but no, no, no. Kevin Costner says, oh, you used to be famous. And Tom Petty is like, well, not anymore. And it used to be. So Tom Petty is playing Tom Petty. He's playing Tom he Petty. He is 100% Tom Petty. Uh, both the character and I'm not actually going to act either. I'm just going to come on set, wear my sunglasses and say <laughs> man 42 times. Have a blast. You know, you got to ride in a little contraption as well. Be the, on set. The, the dramatic finale of the movie, we're going to have the most laid back person imaginable. <laughs> <laughs> You just gotta, you just gotta zip line across the canyon, man. <laughs> Won't be anything. It's great because uh, he's also heard of the postman as well. Yeah, which is which is fun. Again, this is the world where Tom Petty exists. Because um, Tom Petty has said to him, like you, you're famous, but you're man. more famous now, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. You know, like, totally. So Tom Petty shows him the zip line <laughs> mining thing. I think it is. I don't know what the fuck it is. Yeah. Pointed out how funny it was with it's got the big cement block that has to be dropped for the yeah reloading thing. that's gonna suck <laughs> yeah yeah they need to reload this Tom is a one-off thing stairs with fucking yeah. got <laughs> elephants at that yeah, yeah you need to reload that thing that's um, gonna suck and then there's also brought a great laugh because as kevin costner's fucking zooping through it's the best green screen you know rear <laughs> shot 97 like, green screen. it is fucking yeah. wonderful but there's a lot of things here where this doesn't look like a 97 film there's models well there's... i just want to um, i've got something to bring up for you here so visual effects supervisor trisha henry ashford was fired several weeks before the end of production and replaced by storyboard artist david j negrin jr this was reportedly due to creative differences between her and kevin costner she wanted most of the effects to be done in post-production, while Costner wanted them to be done in camera and on location. Okay. My so boy Kev's a purist. Yeah. My yeah. boy Kev's a purist. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> again, 97, this is definitely a turning point in cinema. You know, we're getting close to disgusting CG, cheap. You yeah. Know, like, we're just going to cheat the fuck out on a post-production. So yeah, Kev, I'm on Team Kev here again. Yeah. So most of it looks great. It doesn't look like a 97 film. It looks... Yeah. 10 years earlier in terms of we're going to get the wee model shots we're going to maybe not actually zip line a 50 year old you know halfway <laughs> through a canyon but like there's a lot of great stuff here this is also Tom Petty's departure from the film so he's one and done really he's got yeah. his few lines he put on sunglasses and so I've got to do a concert, man. I'm heading out to Coachella, man. Now, the Heartbreakers didn't survive this. Yeah, only Tom did. Uh, this post-apocalyptic <laughs> world. 
Um, <laughs> they, I like to think they went off and started their own gang. Like the Heartbreakers are just yeah. like a, you've got a pretty good name for like a biker guy. They're like a Mad Max. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no man, that's not my vibe. It's also great because Tom sends them hurtling towards the finale. Yeah. So I was like, great, like we've got 15 minutes to go and yeah. Tom Bay is just throwing you down there like, move, move, move. <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah, so that's great. So basically, um, it's just straight to the finale, isn't it? Yeah. We're... The finale, the postmen and the fascists square off against each other. Costner rides out, dances with wolves, and Isaiah, this is like an important part to you, so do you want to take over? Yeah, I've I've always wanted to see a movie where two armies line up and the two leaders who are the main fighters just go, no. Have you seen a... Twilight, last Twilight. You know I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna step over that reference. Uh, you know the right Twilight I mean, scene. Hey, the post yeah, yeah, yeah. If Stephanie Meyer wants to rip Kev. I mean, she's just in line with Kubrick yep. and Eminem. So really, fair enough. But I've always wanted to see a yeah. movie where two armies line up. And then the two leaders of the armies just go, "No, this is yeah. a one v one situation." Yeah. So I'm like. It, when it happens, I'm like, of course, Kev was going to be the guy who delivered my dream scene. Of course. Like, this is the scene he, I always want. says, he's like... Build the scene and as I overcome. He's like, I, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why... He, he says, you know, like, that basically, like, war is old men dreaming up situations for young men to die. And he's yeah. like, you know what? I don't understand why, like, all these people have to die when, like, the two... The two people are like the two idiots at the center of it should be the ones to settle it, whatever. Like Costner has a line about the futility of war. Yeah. And and it's just incredible. So we're gonna yeah. get what we want. A homoerotic residency. Yeah, no, uh, there's a point as well where they're charging on horses, but bare armed, so it's like a jousting without a weapon. Oh which I thought was great. And yeah. then we both lit up because it's the dive and double clothesline as well. Like anyone who's seen WWE knows the double down. They know exactly double clothesline. Uh, they're going down. Yeah. You know, safe bump on the back, it's gonna be ace. But no, that it does get oh, <laughs> strongly homoerotic. Because um, it's directed the same way as the love scene. It's slow motion, lots of shots of just bodies intertwined. Uh, yeah, exactly. You Swilling pointed that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just like it's not it's not punches or blows or anything. It's just like it's 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 two men a tight embrace, rolling. And there's too many ass shots as well. Like yeah, yeah, you said yeah. you can tell the different ass from head, but yeah. it does. It has extreme close ups on like Kev's ass, which yeah. is. Uh, well, he's directing it. I mean, he, 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 he so gets his ass out in Dancing with Wolves. Yeah, I remember a friend of mine was obsessed with that shot where he exits the pool naked. And he's like, why is he... I remember, yeah, mutual friend of ours, a twin, was obsessed with Kevin Costner's ass in Dancing with Wolves. Yeah. So clearly he's like... Yeah, guess you rip that off later, Tommy Wiseau. I need yeah. the show my ass to sell this picture. <laughs> so again, it worked in dances. That yeah. one best picture. If I'm going to win best picture. the winning formula. You know, he didn't get it out, though. That was the only, maybe no. that's what would have taken exactly. away from a Razzie to an Oscar. But yeah, then, you know, he shows mercy because he's Kevin Costner and he's, you know, yeah, great. Saintly, messianic. But he, he did this. This also Mortal Kombat one on one was so he could become leader of the fascists because they because have he a, challenges. Yeah, if you challenge, rule, if yeah. you challenge a Mortal Kombat one on one, then you can become leader. Of the eight. That's how he tricks him into the one on one because the guy is like, "No, fuck off! Like we're gonna yeah. all of us are gonna fight." We just mow you down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like under 
under Coughlin's law, yeah, yeah. number one, like any member of the clan can yeah. challenge the leader, and he's like, "You ain't a member of the clan." Oh, Postman is like, "I'm Shakespeare," and rips off his shirt to show the tattoo. Like he rips off his postman's yeah. blazer to show his branding. And cry havoc. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> He still doesn't deliver that though with like the gusto I expected. He's still kind of because he's still not an actor, you know. Costner's Ke- yeah. good at acting that he can't act, and I really enjoy that layers there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're gonna battle forward. He's gonna win. He says, "Yeah, live and let live." My new laws, my new rules. We're all gonna get peace. Yeah, general some fascist stuff with Ford Mercury Lincoln yeah, yeah. doing a gangland execution. But he's like, no, general fascism tries to get the one up, grab the gun sword one of them yeah and gets popped by his um, second in command which was yeah. a wonderful shot and then we just costner goes back child is born child is girl flash forward postman wait, 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 2049 wait, wait, wait. wait we gotta stay on the child is born scene for a okay, second okay yeah yeah nine years later the child so... is born <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we really struggle with the gestation period here yeah. given that there's a three-month cabin sequence yeah. yeah so you've got six months to play with just but you've heard, off but the, ca- the cabin sequence as well by the time you get there, i'm giving it at least two, half a month to get there yeah you know, like there's probably yeah. weeks of traveling yeah you're probably at least in dangerous territory here between going back and forward yeah between forward building he's a revolution riding all over exactly yeah, yeah like, he's riding all over the country people have come and gone at this film and, i have a cousin in new jersey can um, you deliver her a letter it's also as well because there's a scene where arkansas when ford's captured by general fascism and he meets another postman from a different area california, california. california. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's spread that fucking far exactly you know, like, yeah a nationwide movement. a nationwide movement and the kid's still fucking she's not even showing yet no you know, like, no so the kid's born and she gets bored. She's like, "Oh no, this baby's like three months premature." It might. Be <laughs> but the the kid's born, and this is the theory I alluded to. I wanted to save it to the end, though. Okay. Yeah. If you know, this is this is my final note for this. In my uh, the theory is that that kid, which was born anywhere between realistically five to nine years after <laughs> that, that night where Costner banged another man's wife. Is the postman's kid, but not the postman we think. Oh, shit. Well, because I did think that, you know, like maybe it was like the third child at this point. You yeah, know, like yeah, she's yeah. just piling on. My... There's also a line when she's holding the baby, she's writing to Kofner, and he comes in, he's like, the mail's late and stuff. It moves very slowly. You know, it's taken months now for me to even get a letter. Like yeah. it's booming. So that's adding more time onto this period. Yeah. But yeah, maybe your theory's right. Maybe your theory's right. What was your theory about how he moves about so fast, though? 100 mile an hour. Horse. Okay, yeah. Yeah. okay, that's right. <laughs> the donkey wouldn't have been able to do that. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, then we jump forward. Postman 2049. It's 2043, is 30 it? years after. Exactly yeah. 30 years after. Yeah. Baby Hope is grown up on to my be, planet this means hope yeah <laughs> she's grown up to be a spokesperson i think society is also completely recovered i yeah. mean we have yachts and stuff now yeah, people yeah, are yeah. fucking you know it's like martha's vineyard ca- yeah she's like... <laughs> capitalism wins again you know? <laughs> 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 we're all good costner's done it so that you know the postmen are now working for amazon which is it's something like i think you should end the film maybe on them building you know, yeah, future, an optimistic note an optimistic for the future. future. You don't need to literally show me the future where it's yeah. better than life is now. 
and then this is the great so we she's got a statue and she's revealing it to her yeah. it's a big it's a big like it's a big moment because it's under like a and sheet and it's a weird shape and as I, well exactly like, it's so long it's and so I was long. like I was like, is this going to be like a good statue? Is this going to be a bad statue? Like the infamous Ronaldo statue. I was like, what Costner are we predicting? And none of us could have called what <laughs> gets revealed. Oh, man. So do you want to... No, you take away. You okay, take away. You get well, the honor. thank you. I will unveil this moment as Hope unveils the statue, which is the horse scene. So he's on the horse, outstretched hand, and there's also a statue. This little kid doesn't deserve to be immortalised. But the little and kid's there as well, by the way. I assume yeah. the, that's the aged up boy oh, that's looking. Oh, okay. I assume that was a husband. Okay, no, no that's oh, the kid. Oh. So he would have been I wondered why this person gets such... He would have been like, this, okay. this is the mo- biggest moment of my life. That me. makes sense. See, because I, genius. I, I wondered, I was like... Kevin Costner told his kid about yeah this one time I almost I thought about trampling a little yeah. kid and I didn't and it, I'm really happy I made that decision and it's good direction as well it's a terrible statue I need to get that out of the way it's yeah. fucking hilarious looking uh, I said it looks like it's made out of chocolate you thought it was really Costner <laughs> in blackface posing <laughs> but um, no, it, there, there is a film technique where you can paint yeah, 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 you can course. paint We're real not people to look like statues. statues we've all seen living statues I see yeah, I just do not think that was Kevin Costner holding completely still yeah I would for... agree to disagree because <laughs> last time I checked he fired the special effects person because he wanted to do everything in practically camera. yeah I fucking bet you that's Costner <laughs> In the cement paint. <laughs> He's just like, I yeah. really wish that we hadn't fired her. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. really wish, but this is the only way I know how to but do But this it. is, the reason I got that that was the kid, because it cuts from the husband, what you think, or whatever, yeah. looking at the statue, then it cuts to the statue kid, and then it flashes back to that scene. Yeah. For when the kid is actually in 2013. In case you forgot, in case you forgot this three-hour marathon. <laughs> I, I have to put these 15 minutes back in at the end. Yeah. And then that just plays us out for seven and a half minutes of credits. Yeah. Which I we didn't watch, but I still stand by there was no Tom Petty song. Yeah. Um, you, get, you get me for 10 minutes, I wear my own sunglasses, and I play myself. That's, I wouldn't be taken seriously as an actor. I would be I'm really <laughs> playing Tom Petty. <laughs> it's a role I was born to play. <laughs> So, yeah, Postman, as you may have guessed from the podcast thus far, not Razzie-worthy. No, 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 no. One of the most fun ones. Not objectively the best, but this is, like, this is... One of them, though. This is my top three that we've gone through so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a great experience. I think, like, Cocktail and Indecent Proposal are probably better movies. But I put like, this on. I don't know. I put this. I mean, cocktails. Blonde. Well, blonde thing. for me is on a blonde's just a genuine. Blonde doesn't count. Yeah. Blonde yeah. Doesn't <laughs> yeah. In terms of, but then this I, this doesn't need to be anywhere near it. No. Um, there's no irony in here either. I genuinely enjoyed this. There's very little. I would. I mean, okay. They, for fixing it, take twenty minutes out. Speed it yeah. along. You know, if this is two and a half hours even, I'd have been so much happier yeah especially that muddling period I don't the cabin shit as well move that along you know just have them moving on moving on yeah, yeah. Going. it's going at 100 miles an hour but it could cut a little bit but there's not one performance even there's not one part the mm-hmm. screenplay is fine for me yeah I wish it was more post-apocalyptic and not the plains and green grass everywhere but that's nitpicking considering the shit that would make a, a worse picture this is not actual valid reasons for me yeah Completely agree. And Isaiah? Dines. Razzy worthy. Piece of shit. Eat it. <laughs> okay. Another Kevin Costner masterpiece. Yeah. Another Kevin Costner masterpiece. I 
Every one of his movies is 10 out of 10 This is for me. This is probably my favorite Costner film, though, as well. I need to put that in there. I've only seen two, and this is my favorite. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> our, our normal feature, the smallest change you could make to make the biggest difference. This doesn't need fixing. No. The little cherry on top, I would like. Two minutes out of your day. Film. Hello there. Yeah. Peace and love. It's President Ringo. You want to add more time onto the film. I like it. I'm going to spend more longer, time you know? in the world with the postman. Yeah. yeah. We are unanimous in our love and appreciation of the postman. Mr. Razzi, on the other hand, does not agree because this film garnered a whole slew of nominations. So, this film also won Worst Actor, no. Kevin Costner. Bullshit. Bullshit. And then we are skipping down. I want to say no to all of them, but read them out anyway. So, it also won Worst Director, Kevin Costner, no. which I don't love Kevin Costner as an actor. I think he's he's good at one thing, and he sometimes overstretches himself. I, 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 do, I do kind of like him in certain... I, I like him now that he's aged into Gravitas. I like old man Costner a lot more I, I, than I like... I, this is my favorite Costner because it isn't Robin Hood, Waterworld yeah. Dances. It's not... Again, he's a fraud in it. You know, yeah. He's not yeah. playing the Messiah. He, yeah. he is a bit of a lazy dickhead. Yeah. Just, you know, that's such a nice refreshing change. He doesn't yeah. really act much differently, but that's okay yeah. with me because he's playing a different character. His direction is very unique to him well I mean it's not unique it's unique to him and you know he knows what he wants you know, yeah. he's, he's, a, he's got a vision yeah. um, and I really appreciate that especially in the amount of shit we watch where there's just <laughs> cookie, you know cookie cutter it's just machine produced this is someone with passion behind it that genuinely really wants to do something and nothing but respect for that well, I can see like nominating him for actor. Like, I, I, I don't think, I don't think for this. Like, he didn't, I, he didn't win worse. I think he? he won it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. See, like bullshit. I think he's he's uh, I'm questionable on him as an actor, but as a director, Isaiah said, like this is like basically faultless. Like, you can't criticize this in terms of direction, really. No, I mean, and, in, like, in terms of everything, in terms of framing, in terms of getting getting performances out, pretty much everyone, like. Including himself, yeah, not like 100%. And it also won Worst Screenplay, The Postman, screenplay by Eric Roth and Brian Helgeland, based on the book by David Brin. So, yeah, no, like, fine screenplay, maybe like a little flabby, but There's like, it's not. you can pick up, but it was coherent. It was never confused throughout it. Characters all had made sense for the most part, you know, everything. Everything was so easy to understand. There was bits I wasn't expect. It wasn't always as predictable I expected, you know, like say like Giovanni getting you know chunked and stuff like characters came in and out yeah no I think yeah it's flabby and there's bits you could improve on maybe but like again for a worst actual golden raspberry no 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 yeah so the postman actually went five for five everything it was nominated for it won because it also won worst original song and you're gonna hate this because Mr. Razzie's back on his bullshit the entire song score from The Postman, words and music by Jeffrey Barr, Glenn Burke, John Coyneman, Joe Flood, Blair Forward, Maria Mikado, and John O'Manson. John O'Manson. Okay, so wait, the entire score is the worst song. The entire song score. So, words and music, but there aren't... I didn't remember much. Do you remember any? Like, people sing in the background of... Like... Yeah, I mean, there's musical bits when they're, you know, the hoedown. Yeah. Costner sings Mr. Postman in the bath. 
They sing uh, a great rendition of Come and Get Your Love. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. James Gunn is ripping off. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. That's Guardian of the Galaxy yeah, ripped yeah, yeah. off. The Postman. <laughs> yeah, no, utter bullshit. Because again, I've spoke about this. You can't. The entire score is not your worst original song. The score is fine as well. Um, yeah. I don't think it's that. It's suitable. Yeah. Um, it's very suitable, for, especially for 97. Yeah. Um, yeah featured Tom Petty. <laughs> Tom Petty doesn't have well, a fucking he doesn't play the guitar he doesn't sing he doesn't he's not gonna do it um, oh right he's a thespian now he's a, yeah yeah <laughs> with one rule as long as I'm myself I'm okay yeah but yeah no bullshit as well like it's probably one of the weaker elements if you're getting really fucking harsh but mm-hmm. no, no 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 worst score is not no no yeah, so this is really perplexing why Mr. Razzi went so hard for the postman with this five for five, including concocting like a way to give it a, that fifth award. Yeah. When, as we will cover in the second half, nineteen ninety-seven, quite, uh, quite a interesting you year. You got a lot of things to pick on in ninety-seven. And yeah. if you're telling me this is worse scores than X, Y, Z that we'll cover, then yeah. no, 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 no. So yeah. Join us for that because we have a couple of my favourites coming up yeah, in, in this second half. Allow me to break the ice. My name is Freeze. Remember it well for it is the chilling sound of your doom. Welcome back to part two of Watching Worst Films where we will be covering the other nominees from 1997. We may not be the best podcast but we are certainly the most disorganized, as, oh, yeah. I, <laughs> as I'm sure you can tell. It has been another leap forward in time, and we are now recording remotely without Isaiah as we tackle the other big hitters yes. from one of cinema's finest years. I was going to say we could, we could have, we could have had a door sound effect as I leave in or something. <laughs> leaves to Montana, Alberta, or wherever. <laughs> But yes, it's a bit disorganized, um, but here we are. <laughs> here we are for part two. So our other Worst Picture nominees, we have Speed 2, Cruise Control. Have you seen oh, that? Oh, yeah. I have seen Speed 2. Have you seen I watched two? it just for this, so I'm coming in hot. Oh, okay. So I, I, I've seen it. Okay, so I haven't seen it since... I, I've seen Speed 1 stupid amount of times. I've seen Speed yeah. 2 maybe twice. Yeah. It was one of my VHS few things I actually owned. Okay, um, yeah. You know, it's. I think I've spoke about. I think I've spoke about Speed 2 on this podcast before. Yeah. I think even on on Dead of the Ground, it's like you know, it's very similar to Under Siege. You know, the the boat basically Die essentially. Hard on a boat. Yeah. Die hard on a boat. It's not much different. I don't like Speed 2. I think it suffers massively without Keanu. Yeah. I think that's his biggest, biggest problem. I also think it's really stupid. And I think even as a kid, I still remember, I still remember now that the tension is not there from speed one because there's no speed. Um, <laughs> sl- slow drift, the movie is you know, not, other than the devastation, you know, going through the pier. Yeah. It's so fucking boring. Yeah, cruise control, beyond the going for the pun of cruise control, Cruise control isn't time. like a terrifying thing, is it? It's it doesn't suggest time. being out of control. It suggests no. a leisurely, <laughs> steady pace. <laughs> leisurely, steady pace. The movie doesn't have the same ring to it. But um, Speed 3, yeah. help, I'm in a Tesla. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't like Speed 2. I've never, like I said, watched Speed 1 again. I yeah. have no... I, I just... I also... One thing I always thought was weird about it is like... Um, 
uh, Sandra Bullock's the same character, isn't she? From yeah. Speed One. Mm-hmm. But it never felt like she was. No. And that's so strange. There's n- other than obviously her connection, that is such a strange disconnect from she's, the first one. She's so forced. Like there's zero need for her to be in it because they have that line at the beginning with like, you know, relationships based on extreme circumstances never last. Mm-hmm, but like, she's just forced into it and they get a guy who's kind of Keanu, but like mm-hmm. it's like there's like they're just two separate things and every time I was watching her I was like you do not need to be in this movie because this movie is just trying to find things for you to do it's it's infuriating as well because even even when I was younger I thought the logical step would be on a plane there's the yeah, next one yeah you know um, yeah. and you have to refuel it midair and it's got to get oh. faster you know like all this exciting delete this stuff. podcast Kyle keep this idea to yourself <laughs> speed three here I come you know <laughs> Um, so it's such a strange one. I mean, even Under Siege, that's where I was looking at. Under Siege 2's on a train. Yeah, okay. Which is, again, exciting and logical yeah. enough. That, you know, You're you running out of tracks. There is a logical exactly. end point. Exactly. But the boat? Nah, 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 nah. Yeah. Interestingly, a friend of the show, Carrie, pointed this out to me. It was based on a recurring dream that Jan de Bont had. Oh, good old Jan de Bont. He's, he's been <laughs> pops up every few episodes, doesn't he? Um, yeah. We need we need to get him on if he's still alive. Um, <laughs> that that's that's strange though that you've got. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's a success of the first one, isn't it? You can do whatever you like in the sequel. Yeah, basing the movie on your recurring dreams being one of the more out there things. It wor- it works for Lynch, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Jan Devant and David Lynch, peace in the pod. <laughs> it, 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 it's sort of like off the beaten path, so we shouldn't count it, but it is notable, of course, for the Scottish character in that Speed 2 basically has a Scotty. Like the like the technician of the boat or whatever is like i can't do that man you're gonna blow the gaskets lapd i didn't know what that is but moving on to a movie which i have not seen but you will certainly have plenty to speak about fire down below this is so yeah i spoke about fire down below on honor on deadly ground episode it is it is a spiritual sequel it's not technically a sequel in any way it's the yeah. closest Sagal ever came to environmentalism and the messages and themes it's a very personal film for him it's great fun i i i want to do it for an episode i'm sure i said that on the, on the last time <laughs> You want to do every Seagal film no, prior the, the, to like the, the 2007 episode. These are, this is, a, I mean, this, you know, he's fighting like um, toxic waste and stuff. Is like the, instead of oil, you know, that's a, again, yeah, natural yeah. step up. Steven um, Seagal is Toxic such Avenger a, 9. Well, he's also, it's, it's a great film because it shows what I wanted you to see, which is the weirdness of yeah. Seagal and not the squinty eyes straight face you know yeah the dmx films you know that come out half past dead and all this are shit because they are total straight faced this is the first seagal film where he plays the guitar uh-huh that is very famous for it and he's really good like spoilers he is a good guitarist he has fun you know i, I like when seagal's fun and a bit weird yeah so it's a it's one of his most, can't say technically best, but it's a great, interesting performance. It's entertaining. It's also got a lot of musicians in it. It's got Levon Helm from the band playing a preacher and his best friend, which is great fun. It's got um, Chris Christopherson as a villain, which is, yeah. a, again, a nice step up because he's, he's very palmy like Michael Caine, but he, he's great fun. It's short. It's 
it's probably Seagal's last really enjoyable film. <laughs> like like really enjoyable, like fun, weird, quirky. It isn't as insane as On Deadly Ground, but it's it's got enough that it's it's a lovely mixture of entertaining, mid nineties cheese, some decent stuff in it. It's, it's also one of his last um real good fights in like choreograph. There's a really good uh, scene at the start where he uses like a two by four to take on. I think it's like rednecks or a gang. And yeah. it's fun, you know, he actually it's got some creativity in it. It's got good explosions, it's full of explosions like on Deadly Ground. Yeah, I, I, I really like Fire Down Below. I wouldn't have this. It's better than Speed 2 by a mile. Then we have a film which is very close to my heart, Batman and Robin. And my own, and my own. Um, <laughs> so this could be our combined most watched film we've seen. Oh, quite possibly, yeah. Quite possibly. Um, this was one of the first films I ever went to see in the cinema. I have very ago. strong memories of seeing this in Glasgow. Yeah. One of my last experiences going to the cinema before my brother was born and my mum taking me while my dad was at work and it just, like, blowing my mind. All yeah. that neon, all that day glow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, because, right, so, like, even for some context, I was, uh, I watched a lot of Six Days Batman, 65 Batman, um, growing up. So, like, that was my Batman. I probably had more connection to West than I did, even to Keaton. I, I had the Keatons and I've seen the Keatons, but I watched West more. I don't think I'd seen Forever at this point. I think I've seen Batman and Robin first. I think I might be the same, yeah. I might have, Kilmer might have came, not years later, but some time after. So, I love Batman and Robin. I've got, again, it's nostalgia, it's the cheese of it. I like, you know, we're quoted it to open this second part. <laughs> the the only things I really don't like about it is probably Batman and Robin themselves. They're probably my least favourite parts of the film. Whereas yeah. it's it's the cartoony world of the villains, Schumacher turning everything up, the bad yeah. the stupidity. Like it's the production values I love. Even though it, it, a lot of people think it looks gross, I, I really, really, really like this film. It's it's something that you could watch I could watch again. I would watch it over forever any time of the week. Yeah. So yeah. I, I wouldn't have it here. You're kind of right. Watching it again, I don't know how much is the writing where obviously Batman and Robin end up like sort of hating each other for half the film yeah. and that kind of rivalry. I don't know how much of it is the acting and George Clooney like speaking out against the film subsequently. Like I don't know if that's me projecting, but you can kind of tell that he's not really having a good time and if yeah. you switched it up with someone who committed more to the sort of Adam West cheese yeah, yeah. then that uh, would improve the film because that's, that's exactly I get like, like I think Kilmer's too similar to Keaton kind of ate and it doesn't it's got a weird clash whereas yeah. Clooney Clooney makes sense I mean even visually it makes sense to be the West but yeah. then he doesn't ever turn up he, he yeah I call it phoned in I don't know how much he hates the film but yeah. He's lazy in it to me. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's joked about it a lot. Like when I saw him at the London Film Festival, he was making jokes about like Ben Affleck in the, the tender bar being Batman. He was like, uh, I was Batman too, of course. <laughs> like he brings it out as like a punchline a lot. So like, I don't think he resents it, but I'm like, where's this sort of fun jokester energy in the film? Because he's yeah, almost that's... like playing it too straight. Um, and he can't do it, you know, he, he does it. Yeah. All this time, even in this. When you PD. pull out a credit card, a bad <laughs> credit card, then there's no way to play that earnestly. Yeah. So yeah, um, I'd like to see George Clooney play Batman again now. 
because <laughs> I think he might be more on the right wavelength. Because this is sort of now that he's post Cohen's. Because if you take like his sort of goofball energy from like Oh Brother Where Art Thou or like Burn After Reading, that yeah. would be the perfect Batman for Batman and Robin. Oh, but he's still I, semi I, in ER mode. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Because I remember what Oh Brothers Oh One, I think, and I remember when I seen it as an early teen. I, I was like, well, where the fuck was this four or five years ago? Like, <laughs> this is the performance. This is the energy you should have been given yeah. to it. And that, like you say, a bit goofball, a bit more high energy, not sleepwalking. And, you know, like I, I, the, the biggest problem maybe is some of the performances are a bit like underwhelming at times. But like, yeah. I, I like it because, again, Tommy Lee and Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey are insufferable in forever. <laughs> Um, whereas, whereas Uma Thurman's hammy and having fun, yeah. and I'm okay with that. Arnold's having a blast. I'm okay with that. I have just rattling around my brain on repeat, as I said to Lady Freeze when I pulled her plug. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's she's my favorite part of the film. Um, she wasn't as a child, like obviously Arnie. I had the Arnie figure as well, the action yeah. boy. But yeah. when I last watched it back, which is a couple of years ago now. Uma Thurman is just you're having so much fun here. You've nothing to lose at this point either. Like you just so happy for her. She's she's great in it. I love when her and Bane are in their disguises. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. That's genuinely like <laughs> funny to me. Um so yeah, they're they're the highlights for me. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I really enjoy it. It's if you were um, you know, forty five year old man child that uh, <laughs> moaning about the DC comics, then yeah, you're going to hate it. But if you were yeah. seven or eight or however yeah. old we were, you're yeah. going to love it. Um, then we come on to Anaconda. Have you seen Anaconda? Yeah, I have. But the asterisks is, I, I see, I've probably seen, this might be a record. I think I've seen every film so far. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I, so I remember Anaconda. But yeah. It's in flashes, if that makes sense. To be honest, that might be the correct recollection, because I just watched it for this, and I feel like I missed half the film. Like, okay. it just seems like flashes. Like, I get excited. Like, there, I remember them going down the... Is it the Amazon? I guess. Yeah. The river. I, like, I, remember, I remember it, and I remember the anaconda, and I remember ice cube so i'm getting things right but like i don't remember what happens almost i don't remember scenes and stuff i just have like flashes i i have a, my speed two dream you know like yeah 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 yandabont had a dream where he was being pursued down the amazon by an anaconda and he was like you know i don't have time to make both these i'll just pass this one off to a friend Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very appropriately, I guess, for an Amazonian setting. It's very fever dream of like some parts are incredibly vivid, and then other parts are just like the lazy connectivity. Like the the, the premise to get all these people together of like, oh, you know, they're making a film or whatever. Mm-hmm. I like I was watching it, and then I felt like, okay, this is plot, and then all of a sudden, an anaconda just appears out of nowhere, and you're getting like wild action scenes. And then there's a sort of lull, and then wild action scenes. It's a real sort of peaks and troughs film. Which is, again, it's silly because it's such an easy concept. I, I mean, I'm thinking yeah. my beloved Cannibal Holocaust. You know, yeah. you, you pop filmmakers into the jungle and yeah. just get things progressively worse. And it's the easiest. Just make a PG version of that with a yeah. anaconda instead of a cannibal tribe, and you're fine, yeah. really. Like, and yeah. Throw in Ice Cube, throw in... I can't even remember who is. is who is the, who's the lead? Uh, J-Lo. 
Yeah, it's well, yeah, uh, Mrs. Shigley herself. Yeah, no, it's it's a pretty good cast because we've got her, we've got Ice Cube, we've got Owen Wilson, we've got the Hunter from Jumanji. Yeah, <laughs> bunch bunch of people. Danny Trejo's in it. Oh, okay. I mean, obviously, but like, yeah, good on them. Good on them. It's just what we've kind of spoken about before, about 1997 being this transitional point where what what we were sort of saying about the postman and Costner fighting for practical effects is both Anaconda and Speed 2 are mm. have like practical effects which would never be practical in a million years had this been shot even like three years later. Yeah. But it's such an interesting intersection. So like Speed 2 is like 99% practical. And then you just get like these shots of like a CGI boat going towards yeah. a harbor. And it looks stopping. like something yeah. out of Birdemic or whatever. Yeah. And same thing with Anaconda. Anaconda treads the line a little bit better because the only time they use CGI is when when like it's just something that would be unfeasible for a big rubber snake to do. Like yeah. when it sort of flies through the air and wraps itself around John Voight. But it's really charming because it has that practical snake. So you get this rubber head, like yeah. there's a tactility to and, it that you wouldn't get in 2001. You know, like I, I, I don't mind that because, you know, again, all, so many of these, especially late mid to late nineties is because you're blending the effects. Yeah. I think, you know, I, one of my favorite films is the thing, which yeah. we spoke about before. Yeah. And then um, you it, mean the 2011s, the thing, right? <laughs> it gets a lot of grief. For um, some of the stop motion yeah. um, effects in it, and how they stick out like a sore thumb compared to some of the animatronics and the puppetry and things. Yeah, I don't care though because they're trying lots of techniques to make it work. It's yeah, it's, okay, fifty. Yeah, at the time you don't when it's blended and you're you're not relying on just CGI or just this. Like it's creativity for me as well. Like it's it's interesting. It's an effort. Whereas, like you say, by oh five years time, it's just going to be progressively lazier and blander as well it just gives it a bit of charm yeah absolutely and then of course the winner the postman so moving on to worst actor john voigt in anaconda as paul Cerrone. i don't remember john voigt in this so i'm gonna have to rely on you he is terrible um <laughs> so of course we know costner won which is undeserved john voigt should have won this because he's playing like a South American. Um, mm. Like, he's. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's like, if you take like a a bad John Voight performance from, if you take a John Voight performance from post, like what, Midnight Cowboy almost, but <laughs> post yeah. Mission Impossible, <laughs> and then you add like a, a, a terrible, a terrible accent on top of it, and he's just like, he he's not good. He's real lazy mm -hmm. and just like, there's a scene where he gets like knocked out or something like he gets clocked in the face with a rifle and he just kind of like completely placid face like turns his head and he's just he is really not good yeah like who would cast john voight as a paraguayan i do not know <laughs> like the accent is just it, it it's not good and for mm -hmm. a career which includes the lowlights of baby geniuses to super babies and other sequels it's kind of damning that this is even in contention as one of his worst performances mm -hmm. but yeah not good and then we have steven seagal in fire down below as jack taggart jack taggart like that's a great name as well <laughs> yeah no this is again i'm strongly gonna say no and there's so many seagal films where you can easily nominate him and i'm not gonna blink 
an eye to. But this, when you, when there is certain level of charisma, dare I say it, and just charm, <laughs> uh, I think I think the one classic Seagal to fat, weird hair plug, squint in body double Seagal is. This is this is his last great show. This is his Abbey Road of, of Seagal performances. Put that quote on the box. <laughs> um, and again, I really like Fire Down Below, so that does help. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's a strong disagree for me. Like I said, we we'll, we will cover it one day. We will do it because it's nominated too much times. If it pops up about a few two more times, let's say, because I know it's got one more. You've spoiled one for me. So if it pops up again. It's getting watched one day. <laughs> okay and then we have shaquille o'neal in steel as john henry irons <laughs> slash steel have you seen steel i i don't think i've seen steel i thought i did i think i right so it's one of those i've definitely rented it yeah in this time period because it's a super batman and robin effect i just want to see more yeah. superheroes but it could be that you know that Shaquille O'Neal effect in what was it Kazam or Shazam or whatever yeah, thought people yeah. thought they seen. Um, yeah. I, I think Steel's my version of that, where I think I've seen it, <laughs> or I'm not sure if it was real. I, it's weird because I, I I can see him as well. I I can see the outfit and I can yeah. see it in my head like clearly, but I don't know why. So yeah, I'm gonna give that a pass on this one. Shaquille O'Neal though is not a great actor, so uh, it's probably. Probably deserved. And then we have Batman himself, Val Kilmer in The Saint okay. as Simon Templar. So have you seen The Saint? I haven't. I've seen a bit of the uh, Roger Moore TV yeah, show, The Saint. Of course. Um, <laughs> so so this is, you know, Kilmer being Batman and Bond is close to. Yeah. No, I, I, I remember like the, the cover art, I believe. The sort of bluish poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah with his face and center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I've not seen The Saint because... It wasn't advertised to my time, yeah. Like my generation, we yeah. would have probably had—I don't know how close, what year it was—but when was um, the Avengers, the Uma Thurman and Oh, I—that must have been like a couple of years later, maybe ninety-nine or something. Okay. It was within two, three years. Like it was, okay. yeah, yeah. So once I'm on the Mission Impossible boat, that's like more of what I was advertising. Yeah. Well, that's what they were targeting to me. The save yeah. was not targeted to me. So, no comment, unfortunately. I will watch it, though. I might have seen The Saint years ago. I know my parents really like The Saint, and both, like, that movie and just as a property. Like, my mum explained, like, oh, and he's he's called Simon Templar, and he, he does this and this. Um, <laughs> and I think I might have watched sections of it as a kid, perhaps, at the behest of my parents being like, oh, you really like this. This is really cool. And I might have checked in and been like, I think I'm going to go watch Batman and Robin. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he certainly isn't bad. Like, he certainly, like, he's just Val Kilmer doing Val Kilmer. And as you know, Kevin Costner won for The Postman. So that means no nom for Clooney. So if you're going to nominate a Batman, they've dropped the ball, to be honest. Because I I I think Voight or Clooney should have won this instead of Costner. I mean, Voight is the winner. Take away Costner's nom and give the nom to Clooney. Yeah, and that gives me a nice balance, and I no one's yeah. complaining there. Yeah, interestingly, when they credit him as the winner, worst actor Kevin Costner in The Postman as the Postman (parenthesis) Gordon Krantz. 
Fuck, so, who, who the fuck's Gordon Kranz? Is this going to be something like The Bride? Like, the postman gets out his ID at one point, and we see, um, like, oh... But, like, I mean, I wonder, he's called Shakespeare more in the film. Exactly, yeah. Like, his name's never said in the film. Never he's said. credited as the postman in the credits. And it, so, like, is from, this from the novel, or...? Yeah, as I was say, could this be from the book? Which would fucking knock out, like... <laughs> unless, unless... Mr. Razi just read the book and is based yeah. all his nominations off the book. Um, <laughs> it's his favourite novel of all time. <laughs> okay, then we have Worst Actress. Alicia Silverstone in Excess Baggage as yeah. Emily Hope. Have you seen... No, I, I, I thought you were going to say Batman and I was going to get all pissy about not being a lead actress. Yeah, so it's a, it's a crime comedy about a woman who stages her own kidnapping to get her father's attention, only to be actually kidnapped. So a little bit Big Lebowski vibes. Okay. And Benicio Del Toro is in it, and Christopher Walken. So I'm just going to guess, Benicio Del Toro is the devilish, roguish kidnapper who she ends up falling in love with, and Christopher Walken is... The father yeah. and they go to meet Marie Calendars and get a big bowl of pie ice cream dumps it on his head. <laughs> oh, again, though, like this was another recurring thing. I'm not gonna. I had a great run there. I think I've seen every film nearly. Yeah. I'm not gonna see any of these fucking worst actresses because they're gonna be one offs. <laughs> it's gonna be some obscure <laughs> thing I've never heard of. So, oh well. What's next? Lauren Holly, who's an actor I haven't even heard of. In A Smile Like Yours and Turbulence as Jennifer Robertson and Terry Halloran. I fucking told you. Although <laughs> I have seen Turbulence. I and like Turbulence is just what I explained what I was wanting to do for fucking Speed 2, basically. So maybe that's why they didn't make Speed 2 on a plane now that it clicks. <laughs> Turbulence is pretty pretty poor. It's I haven't seen it in a long time, a very long time. But um, again, when I used to like the disaster movies, which is this year, which I think we talked about, like Dante's Peak, Volcano and all this stuff. I, I like I like these. I can't I don't know who she is in it. And I don't know the other film. So I don't really have a comment. So she was Mary Swanson in Dumb and Dumber. She was Bruce Lee's wife in Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. And she was Gigi in What Women Want. But she was also married to Jim Carrey from 1996 to 1997. Hmm. Well, that's, that's interesting. And I don't know her views on vaccines. <laughs> then we have Fran Drescher in The Beautician and The Beast as Joy Miller. No comment. No idea. The Beautician and The Beast, looking at the poster, it almost looks like a Hallmark movie, but <laughs> I'm, I'm going to assume they got a theatrical release. Because Mr. Razzi, you know, he's he plays by the rules. Got to play by his rules. Then we have Sandra Bullock in Speed 2, Cruise Control as Annie Porcher. Yeah, which... I've she's bad, already. Yeah. yeah, she's bad. And then we have Demi Moore in G.I. Jane as oh. Jordan O'Neill. So she's the winner. Another the winner. win for Demi Moore. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane joke. <laughs> um, I've seen G.I. Jane, actually. Have you seen G.I. Yeah. Jane? I yeah, have not. I, oh, okay. I rented this as a kid because yeah. I was obsessed with G.I. Joe. And um, yeah. I did, thought this was like the female serious version of it. <laughs> I, I think I thought that too flicking through Sky Movies and I was yeah. like this sounds like something I would enjoy this and my mum was like it's not what you think Jericho yeah. is not what you think <laughs> yeah my my mum and dad didn't question it enough and um, they just like to pick it off the shelf and yeah. I remember I remember sticking out I have vivid memories of like watching and like my mouth just being dropped like what I should not this is 
where's cobra commander you know like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where's snake eyes you know um yeah. so i haven't seen it since that pdfd effect from a child but yeah like surprised to see to me i would i wouldn't have given i'd have given this to bullet alone yeah he's just kind of like mr raz is back on this bullshit of he's clearly just dog with bone for demi moore at this point in time i can't remember where this fits in the chronology but this is like probably quite close to striptease so Mm -hmm. clearly she's got momentum yep then we're supporting actor we have John Voigt in Most Wanted and U-Turn as General oh. Adam Woodward slash Lieutenant Colonel Grant Casey and Blind Man. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> uh, I have not seen either of these. I haven't even heard of U-Turn. Don't know what that is. U-Turn I had heard of because that's a Sean Penn movie with Billy Bob Thornton and Joaquin Phoenix also got jennifer lopez in it so the trailer might look might the trailer the poster might look familiar but yeah most wanted was written by a wayans it stars keenan ivory wayans who also wrote it so and i'm guessing that john voight plays a double role which (laughs) (laughs) interesting he was a busy man this year though yeah yeah then we have arnold schwarzenegger in batman and robin as victor freeze slash Mr. Freeze. There's mm-hmm. a freeze coming to town. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, I don't think Arnie has ever delivered a Razzie-worthy performance in his life, and certainly not in Batman and Robin, where he is incredible. I am. Um, I like, So, yeah, I, I said I had these action figure, and I loved, I loved... It's how I know who Mr. Freeze is. I yeah. wouldn't know if it wasn't for fucking Arnie. Um, I do want to say the one thing I, I know about this film, like you're talking about Clooney, yeah. was that Arnie got paid out the asshole for this film. Yeah. And he apparently never shared set with anyone. All his stuff is just close-ups <laughs> and everything else is body doubles because he didn't want to be in costume. Yeah. And I just thought, I think when I heard that, that was years ago, I went, this is the smartest man in Hollywood. And yeah. <laughs> this is the smartest motherfucker I've ever this seen. This is a Machiavellian mind which will <laughs> yeah. soon turn to politics and becoming governor of yeah. the largest state. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's incredible. Um, so yeah, completely undeserved. On the other hand, Chris O'Donnell in Batman and Robin as Dick Grayson slash Robin. Who's again it's a writing thing because I don't hate him as much in forever. Yeah, no, I don't think he's bad. I think he's it's He's finding forever. He fits the campy mood and stuff. Yeah, but he's so fucking pingy and miserable, and I hate, I hate, I hate how he's written, and that doesn't help. Especially yeah. when you're not the greatest actor in the world, anyway. Like he can't save the lines. Like I think Clooney could have maybe saved it a bit more. Sorry, sorry, Chris, but yeah, you deserve it. And then we have Willem Dafoe in Speed 2 Cruise Control as John Geiger. Who I blanked from my brain. I was thinking who the villain was in Speed 2. Yeah. You could have named anyone. You could have named Irons. You could have named a fucking diehard. Anyone. I forgot I forgot Dafoe was even in it. Yeah, um, he's good. He's good. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful Dafoe. for his presence because he, like, improves anything just, just by virtue of being in it. And one of Carrie's observations was that young Willem Dafoe is almost more unsettling than old Willem Dafoe because it's in that kind of like crossover like period where he like he's one of those actors a bit like Steve Buscemi, I guess, who I just don't think of as being like 
I don't know, I think of them as being kind of timeless, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't think he's Razzie worthy. I think he's great and he's a, like a, a big... In fact, he's probably the best thing about the film, if I'm quite honest. That doesn't surprise me. So um, he has a weird fixation with leeches, which is kind of irrelevant, but hey-ho. And then the winner is Dennis Rodman in Double Team as... Oh, yes. Double Team! <laughs> um, right, so, oh God, I am on a roll here. Uh, yeah, I've seen Double Team. Uh, of course I have. I was a small Jean-Claude fan i guess like secondary to third you know it's like stallone fourth yeah. you know stallone schwarzenegger Segal. but I, I know i love talked about blood sport and some of the early stuff that i really enjoy with them talked about you know universal soldier and stuff that's going to pop up in other ways yeah. double team is not good yeah <laughs> um, to put it but to put it mildly dennis rodman was at his peak i think in 1997 yeah when we were talking about Arnie, I had a Dennis Rodman WCW action figure. Yeah, I didn't know who I didn't know who he was. He was with Hulk Hogan. He was cool. He had yeah. cool hair, and you know, people booed and cheered for him. So he was in like the, one of the biggest sports things in the world at the time. He was one of the biggest basketball players at the time. He was in movies at the same time. Yeah, and he and you know, like he is not an actor. He is worse than Shaquille O'Neal as well <laughs> like he can't deliver lines he's fun you know like it's fun to see but uh, Double Team's not a great movie it's, it's not good at all so this is this is deserved I, I 100% agree with it and it also makes him eligible to be a guest on the podcast you know like <laughs> can, once he's done once he's done hanging out in North Korea you can come over and Skype, zoom in from North Korea if he wants. I don't mind. That'd be fun. Uh, but yeah, he's terrible. Deserves it. Well, you said Double Team was the peak of his career. I just want to put it to you that when Trump made him the unofficial ambassador to North Korea, that was the peak of his career. <laughs> 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 then we're supporting actress. We have Uma Thurman in Batman and Robin oh. as Pamela Isley, Poison Ivy. Uh, I mean, we've covered this. This Nonsense. is a hard no. Yeah. It's a real nonsense move yeah. on julia louise dreyfus in father's day as carrie lawrence never seen it have you seen it no never heard of it it's not a gary marshall um, <laughs> anthology movie so uh <laughs> stars robin williams and billy crystal remake of the 1983 okay. french film le compere so, any other big names so uh natasha kinski so does that mean the father in question is klaus <laughs> oh, I don't watch it. Um, oh, it's Ivan. Yeah, Reitman. like oh, okay, okay. That might be fun. I don't think I've seen Julia much post TV. Yeah. I don't think I've seen her on the big screen. I like her in Seinfeld, which would be at the time yeah. um, in '97. Uh, yeah, no comment. I, I'm intrigued though. It sounds better than the title suggests. Yeah, very generic title for a movie which I'm assuming is going to have something going on. And then we have Mila Jovovich in The Fifth Element as Lilu. That's strange. I I don't really like Mila as an actress, obviously for action hero Mila, Resident Evil, yeah. and other mm. things. I was going to say from Paul Thomas Anderson manager. her. When... Paul Wes Resident Evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, when uh, so, but but she makes her, you know, big jump to that from probably Fifth Element. I would say. Yeah. She's good at being weird. Um, yeah. She's very fitting for Fifth Element. She, she's iconic as well. Like she's. E- Probably yeah. one of the first things you'd think of. She's just doing all weird Luc Besson female character. Like she kind of executes it to a T, I think. So it's hard. Yeah, I, you'd, uh, hard to think what you'd harp that's on. That's what her. I'm saying. 
Yeah. It's a very strange one. Because he doesn't know, he doesn't have anyone else. Because he, he didn't watch fucking Fire Down Below, so he doesn't know who the females were in that, you know? It, it just opens the Pandora's box of, now that Fifth Element is out there, are you seriously telling me that you enjoyed Chris Tucker's performance, Mr. Rassi? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but that, they are the two performances that come to my head, though. You yeah. know, what I mean, like Tucker and Tucker and Mila are the two, the first things I probably think of for the fifth album. No Bruno or uh, Gary Oldman for you. No Bruno. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, not at all. And then we have another Razzie favorite, Faye Dunaway in Albino Alligator as Janet Bordreau. That doesn't sound real. What's that? Um, Albino Alligator is a movie directed by one Kevin Spacey. So I actually kind of wanted to watch this, but ran out of time. It's like a noir crime thriller by good old Spaceman. Oh, it sounds—it sounds like one of those fake movies in Thirty Rock. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm. Um, yeah. No comment. Never knew about it. The title refers to an anecdote told in the film that claiming alligators will use an albino among them as sacrifice, so that the opposing alligators will be distracted and become prey themselves. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. So you could almost say that coming out as gay to avoid accusations of child molestation and sexual assault is an albino Mm -hmm. alligator. Um, (laughs) And then, of course, the winner is Alicia Silverstone in Batman and Robin as Barbara Wilson slash Batgirl. Yeah, yeah. I really strongly agree here. Again, I think this is, even as a kid, I I really like Batgirl from the Six Day Show. I don't know what season. I think it's one of the last seasons the character joins. But she upstages a lot of them, and it's a great dynamic between like Sirius West and getting too old Burt Ward and stuff. Like I, I love, <laughs> I I love Batgirl from the original show, and it's so badly written. Yes, again, but like Alicia is terrible. I guess I guess Schumacher just didn't really care about them three as much. He's having fun with everything else. Yeah, I don't know if she's win worthy. She's not great, but. Uh, out of those nominations, she's my pick. Out of those nominations of which you've seen yeah, Uma Thurman? I'm not yet. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It is curious that he goes for the top three cast of Batman and Robin, but not George Clooney. Like, Clooney's the only one. Yeah. Like he, goes, I, he goes Ivy, Freeze, Robin, but no Clooney, when arguably I'd say Clooney's the worst. I, I don't know if we even spoke about it in the first part, but the one win slash nomination... I would have totally expected from the postman was the blind lady, yeah, Peggy Lipton's mom, because she is terrible. Um, she is so bad compared to everyone else as well. She's so bad. Yeah, very, very surprised. But yeah, at least I'm not arguing with. Then worst screen couple, we have John Voight and the animatronic Anaconda in Anaconda. We've well, covered that. Yeah. So the issue with the animatronic Anaconda is that like. It isn't animatronic for the whole thing. Um, there is like a really terrifying POV shot from inside the anaconda mm-hmm. as it mm-hmm. swallows John Voight. That's a little like the bugs from King Kong eating Andy Serkis, which is just etched into yeah, my yeah. subconscious. But I've got to be honest, John Voight is carrying the weight there because the animatronic anaconda is it, it's doing good. It's keeping the end up. Then we have Steven Seagal and his guitar in Fire Down Below. Oh. <laughs> Oh, and how oh, that breaks my heart. That's what, just talked 
10 minutes ago how that's one of the best parts <laughs> and it's a great it's a great like dinner scene as well where he, he whips it out for them and you know because everyone thinks everyone thinks he's too you know he doesn't he's not down he's not like roots or rural you know he thinks he's just from the city and things yeah no that he's great he's a good guitarist too it's a really good fun scene it's really short as well it's a really short scene yeah he doesn't he doesn't unfortunately he's not like this drifter that plays the guitar and beats people up with it or anything it's just yeah. one scene but it, it's so memorable because again it's so weird it's if if schwarzenegger whipped out a banjo and started playing i'd, I'd be like, so happy you know it, it's clinton in the socks you know it's it's um it's great yeah no that's a, it's, a, it's a strong disagree then we have george clooney and chris o'donnell in batman and robin Hard agree for me. Yeah. Sandra Bullock and Jason Patrick in Speed Two Cruise Control. Yeah. yeah, so he's basically playing. He's not. He's not Keanu Reeves, is he? He's no. The... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's a good one there. It's it from what I remember. Yeah, as well, it's been they're a not. While. They're um, not together for half the film. They're kind of separate, doing their own things. And the scenes where they are together, you're like, can you split up again, please? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then the winner, I'm going to hand over to you for this, Dennis Rodman and Jean-Claude Van Damme in Double Team. Well, yeah, I I mean, you could have picked any of those top three yeah. nominations and I wouldn't argue. Exactly. Yeah, yeah like Jean-Claude. Jean-Claude's great when he's, God, what is it? Is it Double Impact? No, I'm just getting confused with Double Team. When he plays his twin brother. Oh, yeah. That's great fun because he can carry himself. <laughs> um, yeah. you know to a performance Jean-Claude's best when he's not got someone to like team up with essentially yeah. Some of my, I, I love the Street Fighter movie I think it's uh, great fun but he works kind of independently and Kylie Minogue who is terrible doesn't have to they don't have like you know a romance there's no it, it's just Jean-Claude a way to kick Raul Julia you know they've got that one on one so he isn't great with people and when you team him up with someone like Dennis Rodman it's yeah. gonna be bad you've got two people yeah. that can't deliver lines together you know it's it's <laughs> what, what's the opposite of heat you know like it's, it's <laughs> not, <yeah. laughs> so yeah well deserved well deserved so that brings us on to worst remake or sequel Mikhail's Navy, have you seen that? I have not, well, I have not even heard of it. Starring Tom Arnold and Tim Curry, it's a remake of the 1962 to 1966 TV series starring Ernest Borgnine. It's another one of Mr. Razzie's, like, Leave it to Beaver, like, what, uh, you know, those, like, 60s TV shows that he just gets weirdly <laughs> weird about. Yeah, we spoke about it, yeah. yeah. Then we have, oh, hello, The Lost World, Jurassic Park. Shit. So yeah, this is the, definitely the time where I'm starting to go to the cinema because I went to see Jurassic Park 2, The Lost World in yeah. cinema. Terrified me as a kid, by the way. Like, yeah. I, I loved The Lost World as yeah. a kid. I, as a kid, I, I preferred it over the first one, I think, because I'm I stupid. But like, like too, because like, the long grass, like the raptor in San Francisco mm -hmm. or whatever, like it has some of my favourite... When I think about Jurassic Park, like I, I really liked Sam Neill as a kid. But when I think about my favorite set pieces, they were probably from two as opposed to one. Yeah, the two T is it two T Rexes when it's hanging over the truck. Yeah, Julianne Moore on the broken glass. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's great. So I, I I can understand why people don't love it. Yeah, but mm -hmm. 
is They're one wrong, of those. But I can ooh, understand. Just that. yeah, but also just just wait, just wait. You know, just you you'll be clawing yeah. for this. It's the Phantom Menace <laughs> thing for me. You know, you will be yeah. biting your fucking words in ten yeah. years, twenty years time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, not like I'm glad it's not been picked on anywhere else. Yeah. Because so, there's a few things I I would I would have said okay I could understand maybe like Vince Vaughn or something being popping up here, um but. We spoke about this a couple of weeks back about whether he would go for Jeff Goldblum's daughter who does gymnastics and kicks the Mm -hmm. raptor down the the thing. (laughs) Um, And we do still have worse new star to come, but she hasn't featured thus far. So maybe Mr. Razzi is learning from his mistakes by 1997. Mm -hmm. He can teach an old dog new tricks. Then we have Home Alone 3. Well, speaking of worse new stars, this is um, poor kid, (laughs) I'm assuming. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen Home Alone 3. Have you seen Home Alone 3? Not really. I think my brother might have watched it on VHS, like from the library. Like, it was around. I was in the vicinity, and I've seen segments of Home Alone 3, but I've never sat down to watch it end to end. I mean, I I defend it. Again, it's the worst is yet to come for the Home Alone franchise, but it's it's, it's a tired, played-out franchise by the third one, and without Culkin, like you're always going to be doomed a little bit. Without John Hughes, you're going to be a bit doomed. It isn't as bad as people make it out to be. It's got weird, weird bits in it I like. The kid being sociopathic almost is great fun. <laughs> it, it's one of those... How did it, it feels like a straight-to-DVD or straight-to-video movie, though. Yeah, um, exactly. It doesn't yeah. feel like a big budget. It feels like no. it's got such a jump down from the Columbus Hughes or times. But yeah... Yeah, I get this one. I get. I can't not. I can't die on the hill that Home Alone three doesn't deserve a nomination. That was maybe one of my first moments experiencing disappointment, or one of my most memorable moments experiencing disappointment as a child was uncovering the existence of direct DVD, uh, direct VHS Disney sequels. I was like, "Wow, they made the Lion King two. This is going to be great." And watching it, and then being like, "Hmm." I can't tell you why, but Mm -hmm. something is missing. And now you're able to watch it of like, oh, well, they had like one quarter of the staff. Yeah. So there's just no energy to the background and like uh, their, like the cast isn't the same. They they also suckered me in for that. Sorry? Um, They they suckered me in with that because one of the Aladdin sequels, I think it's like Return of Jafar, is quite good and does have like some animators on it or something. Uh, Enough to suspend your disbelief as a kid yeah and it made me think oh all the sequels must be fine you know yeah like like, yeah it didn't it didn't quite click as a kid until it was like lion king 1.5 and all these terrible 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 straight to dvds yeah (laughs) straight to videos um the one for me actually was i don't know if we covered it i don't know if it's popped up is the um andor films the oh, Star yeah, Wars yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. Being a Star Wars aholic, especially at this time period when Phantom Menace is looming and the re releases are happening in 97, I think. Yeah. So I was obsessed and I remember going to our video store and renting oh, there's two more Star Wars films, you know, <laughs> you know, after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And something was off. Something was you couldn't quite put my finger on it, but something was different. Yeah, so Home Alone 3 is just one of those for me where like even as a kid you can tell something isn't right. Mm-hmm. And then we have Batman and Robin. Kind of, kind of covered nope. that. I'm, yep. I'm surprised that isn't that isn't the winner, to be honest. But the winner is Speed to Cruise Control. So 
Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with Speed 2 because technically Speed 2 is a worse sequel yeah. to Speed 1, whereas, I like we said, Batman and Robin, I prefer over Batman Forever, so it's an improvement. So, yeah, like technically, worse sequel, 100%. Worst director, we have Oliver Stone for U-Turn, which neither of us have seen, but we've kind of spoken, both of yep. us, about not being huge fans of Oliver Stone in the past. Not at all. Joel Schumacher for Batman and Robin. He's, he's a visionary. Yep. Louise Losa for Anaconda. Anaconda's all over the place, and some of that has to lie with the director. And then we have Jan de Bont for Speed 2 Cruise Control, which we've we've kind of kind of covered. And then Kevin Costner for The Postman. Winner. Again, big, big no. Yeah, again, give it to Jan de Bont. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> And then we have Worst Screenplay, Speed 2, Cruise Control, Screenplay by Randall McCormick and Jeff Nathanson, Story by Jan de Bont and McCormick, Based on a Dream by Jan de Bont. The screenplay is pretty bad. Yeah, I get, again, I think I'm going to say this is Worst Director. It'll be Fennel Costner won for this one, didn't he? Yeah. Swap out with Jan de Bont. <laughs> and I bet you there's no other new ones. I'm, I could be wrong. I don't know if Double Team is going to get a Worst Screenplay. Because he hasn't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> so next up, we have The Lost World Jurassic Park, screenplay by David Kep, based on the novel by Michael Crichton. Mm-hmm. That's a joke. But, yeah. And then we have Batman and Robin, written by Akiva Goldsman, who Akiva Goldsman, I believe, is someone you have some feelings about. Yeah, I do, um, for lot, lots of different reasons. He's going <laughs> to, I mean, what year is this? 97. So we've got about 15 years there's going to be an episode soon where we're going to cover all this in extensive detail. But once once, once my beloved Star Trek gets destroyed, I don't know if Akiva did Nemesis. I could be wrong, because that's O2. You're going to have to look this up for me. Let's see. Uh, or is he, just, no. is he just the new one? Okay, he's just the new show then. Um, yeah, uh, he's so, just Discovery, Picard, boom. and Strange New Worlds. Boo boo. Yeah, so okay, so I for some reason I thought he might have done them like co wrote Nemesis for some reason. Because Nemesis sucks. Um, yeah. but yeah, he destroys my beloved franchise. Not single handedly. <laughs> um Kurtzman, Alex Kurtzman's gonna do equal damage. Um it's just Yeah, so we'll we'll cover we'll cover it. I love how we've we've lashed out uh forty five year old man children being precious about Batman and we're like Alex Kurtzman blood is on your hands. You ruined Star Trek It's so easy as well, like it's 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 but it's asking me, it's like it's cluelessness is what annoys me. I I think Batman and stuff is like so easy. You can have it either way. You can be Nolan, you can be yeah. Schumacher, you can be yeah. Burton in the middle, you can be West. As long as you don't make it boring, yeah. I'm okay. You know yeah. what I mean? But like if you asked me to do something I had no idea about, you know, like I, I, I wouldn't be able to do I would say no thank you. I will pass on this project because like I'm not gonna get passionate about it. If I don't know this something that you know, like June or something, you know, but yeah. I'm not going to, if I didn't know anything about the books, if I was like David Lynch, I would have just said, no, I'm going to pass because people are going to hate me for me changing everything. And I spoke about that before. Yeah. I'll, I'll just make my own thing. I'll go make my own yeah, yeah. sci-fi thing. So that's what annoys me the most about like Kurtzman and things is like, you've just jumped on something like thinking it's easy and you could have just said no. 
and it is easy as well like that's a the other frustrating thing it's not hard to make a fucking star trek show so yeah anyway there's in our 24 <laughs> episode our 24 hour episode on the final frontier <laughs> of all this we'll just need to do that as a live broadcast i will drop in and out and it'll just be a live stream of kyle speaking about star trek for 24 hours <laughs> um, then we have Anaconda, written by Hans Bauer, Jim Cash, and Jack Epps Jr. Hard to say. It's not a great screenplay, but on the one hand, kind of, do you really need a screenplay for a movie about an anaconda? Exactly. And then, and then of course, and that the leaves Costner. Costner, yeah. And so I was going to yep, say that. Well, my last thing, leaving it this postman means Fire Down Below has escaped. Worst screenplay, which is great because, you know, he hates the music, he hates the. Seagal, he hates the film in general, but the screenplay, you know, that's all right. Yeah. That was a, another a good actor, idea in there. Another song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, of course, as we have discussed, the winner is the screenplay. The winner is The Postman, screenplay by Eric <laughs> Roth and Brian Helgeland, based on the book by David Brin. So, we're coming to the end now with Worst New Star. Here we go. Chris Tucker in The Fifth Element and Money Talks as Ruby Rod. And Franklin Hatchet. I have not seen Money Talks, I don't believe. Yeah. No, I don't think. What's Money Talks? You got that there? I don't have a Brett Ratner movie. Oh, well, it's the directorial debut of Brett Ratner starring Chris Tucker and okay. Charlie Sheen. Oh, that's a, quite a double team. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know Tucker's insufferable in Fifth Element. He's meant to be, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, eh, I, I, I give it a pass. Chris Tucker post fifth element though like he doesn't become a great star so technically yeah, yeah. worse new star like yeah I'll, I'll i'll give it to it i'll allow it yeah then we have howard stern in private parts as himself <laughs> yeah i am um, i tried to watch private parts one time oh i think it was when like a biodome like who's the most insufferable people in the world like holly shore howard stern who do i not like <laughs> I'll try and watch the Carrot Top movie or something, you know. See, just do this, you know. Like, I'll try everything. I couldn't. I couldn't make it through private parts. It's not for me. Yeah. I don't like Howard Stern. Yeah. I don't like his radio show. It's just. It's not for me. I don't like your jerk ass name. I don't like your jerk ass show, and I don't like you, jerk ass. <laughs> Tori Spelling in the House of Yes and Scream Two as Leslie and herself. Okay. What's the, the House of what? The House of the Yes. House of Yes is adapted from a play, Parker Posey, American Dark Comedy. Okay. Jackie O is obsessed with Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis and emulates her sense of dress and hairstyle. Someone gets released okay. from a mental hospital thinking that they are Jackie O. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> another fever dream. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I have seen Scream 2. I don't remember her in it. I, Scream 2 is not a great sequel to Scream. And I love Scream. And I enjoy the third one as well. I think it's got the anti-Star Trek where the odd ones are better than the evens. So... Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. I can't recall her in the second one. Yeah, I can't really recall anything either. So yeah, no comment on that. Then we have the animatronic anaconda in Anaconda, which, as we've established, no, 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 no. And that leaves us with the winner, Dennis Rodman in Double Team as Yaz. Yeah, I mean, hard, hard to argue. Yeah. Hard to stand up for it. Much like the animatronic 
anaconda his career doesn't blossom after this um, yeah <laughs> i i will say very grateful that the kid didn't get nominated from home alone 3 no kid that's for nice. home alone 3 nice. no kid for jurassic park 2 yeah yep that's i'm happy to see that that's nice give it to animatronics if you're going to be pissy but just yeah leave the kids out and that's cool i'm happy yeah. with that hey mr razzy leave those kids alone <laughs> worst original song my Dream from Speed 2 Cruise Control, written by Orville Burrow, Robert Livingston, and Dennis Halliburton. So, this would be easy to gloss over, but, like, as we have discussed, Speed 2 is based on a dream. So, I wonder if Jan de Bont mm-hmm. was just over their shoulder being like, Yeah, that's why and then picked it. Yeah. We crashed into the pier, <laughs> and then I woke up. So, I, I had difficulty finding my dream online until I looked at the end credits of the movie and I saw that while written by these three, it was performed by none other than Shaggy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I could have said anything there. Um that's anticipation. Uh, how is it? I didn't I didn't hear it. I didn't I didn't get around uh, it's, to it. It's fine. It's it's fine. It's a Shaggy song. <laughs> Best part of speed too. <laughs> and then we have How Do I Live from Con Air written by Diane Warren which was also Oscar nominated yeah another one what's your thoughts on How Do I Live a little bit cheesy in the production but like I don't know if I like like the verses but the chorus you can't deny the chorus it works it yeah that's so what I was going to say I, I was I, I guess I was going to say it's just it's a, a thin thick layer rather of plastic cheese which is perfect for calling yeah, air exactly i, I mean nicholas cage's it, hair is blowing in the wind yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um it's perfect for it so I, I i disagree with this one being here I, i'm on the oscar side here <laughs> then we have fire down below from fire down below music and lyrics by steven seagal and mark collie you couldn't. You didn't hear this one, did you? I couldn't find it. No. Yeah. It, I th- all right. So I do know it because obviously I do. And you, you will yeah. hear it when we watch Fire Down Below. So we'll, <laughs> you can record yourself then talking about it. I like it. I well, mean, I'll become a George Lucas revisionist, and I'll just insert myself back into this episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it is cheesy. It is very cheesy. Segal isn't the greatest singer mildly yeah but he's a good really good guitarist it fits it though i mean this is this is a stupid film this is cheese this is you need those that sleek guitar solo sound it is not he's best off when he does the blues and that's on his cds so it's not peak seagal music and the little acoustic thing i told you about in the film is great but yeah the the biggest thing i have against this song is you do have musicians in this film you have yeah. levon helm and chris christopherson and yeah. you don't utilize them which is a bit stupid i would get the soundtrack to have all these 60s and 70s like americana music and stuff because that's what the film's about but okay yeah i'm not happy but that's enough nominations to cover fire down below so i'm happy <laughs> then we have the end is the beginning is the end from batman and robin written by billy corgan so this is the smashing pumpkin song which i was almost up in arms because i thought it was the beginning is the end is the beginning but <laughs> it's not it's the two songs which are very similarly titled so the one yes. I like is the one that's used in Zack Schneider's Watchmen trailer. Yes. And the end is the beginning is the end is 
the worst of the two. It is. I made the same mistake. I, I had this album, though. Oh, fuck, what one is it again? The actual album, not the soundtrack. Uh, um, that's not Melancholy, is it? I yeah. believe it is. Melancholy I believe it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't the biggest Smashing Pumpkins fan. This is just when I'm devouring alternative rock and grunge from the 90s. Yeah. But you know what? I, I, I still like the song. Yeah. This is, I always say Batman and Robin would have been better to have Prince than the yeah. first Keaton Burton one. Prince would have For Prince sure. would have been wonderful to be in this film. But you know what? Yeah. Like it's Smashing Pumpkins are probably at their peak in '97, so like commercially yeah. it makes sense. But yeah, I don't think yeah. this is a bad song at all. And then we get the winner, which, as we've covered, is the entire song score from the Postman. So we're kind of left without an obvious winner. Yeah, this is a strange one. Like, there's, and I'm sure there is worse things. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I was like just trying to think off the top of my head, like, but the worst original songs are dying out by this point a little bit. Even there, that's a that's an already established smashing pumpkin song really put on yeah it? the postman didn't have anything that they, we just they didn't have a kevin costner singing song or something <laughs> yeah so yeah ending on a bit of a damp squib but wait what's this mr razzy has another bullshit award he's made up so this one does actually reoccur worst reckless disregard for human life and public property so the nominees mm-hmm. are volcano Turbulence, oh. The Lost World, Jurassic Park, Batman and Robin, and the winner is Con Air. Oh, okay. I said, has this one come up before? If I just get dementia here? I don't, it must, I think this might be one of its first appearances, because it definitely comes up, like, Dragged Across Concrete was nominated for this, and, like, it comes up in later years, like, this is probably the first appearance I can remember, but it comes up in the okay. late 2000s for sure. And I, I'm, i like, reverse engineering it. Like, Joker was nominated for this, I think. Okay. I'm reverse engineering what it could mean by the nominees. And I think it's just, like, worst action movie. <laughs> well, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm taking it quite literally that it's, like, destruction. Yeah. Especially when you've got Volcano yeah. finally popping up here. I'd forgot. I'm glad I mentioned that before, the Volcano, because I forgot about that film. I forgot it was 97. I thought it was the year. I thought it was the same year as Dante's Peak for some reason. Yeah. Like, Twister's coming around as well. And yeah. All these films. Of... However, I will say, so if it is like public destruction, where the fuck Speed 2? Because yeah. that's what I just was saying before. The pure destruction scene's like the only thing that I remember about it properly. And yeah. um, that is the reckless display of public property destruction yeah yeah so it's strange one weird to see like volcano pop up in turbulence again they, they, they're they've not watched them so like i assume that's why they're not popping up more lost yeah. world though is strange to me being here whatever I, I don't really get this one yeah yeah it's it, it it's bizarre like conair arguably they're in the air for half, i guess they crash the plane or whatever they throw the guy out of the plane but i'm like conair's off the ground so like I guess human life and public property, I don't know, humans are killed, but like, Conair yeah, pales in comparison yeah, to Volcano. <laughs> volcano would be there. Uh, yeah. You, you could pick anything then, really, couldn't you? you could, Aunt, probably Anaconda has got the highest body count. And that's that's reckless display of human endangerment. I don't know. It's a strange one. I, I don't quite get this one. And we'll, we'll just finish off with our friends at The Stinkers, because they are going in uh, 1997. So The Stinker Bad Movie Awards are kind of like the rival Razzies. And mm-hmm. their worst picture ballot was Starship Troopers, The Postman, 
Lost Highway, Fifth oh, Element. Oh, God almighty. <laughs> and the winner was Batman that, and that Robin. That first three. <laughs> that first three is targeted specifically to me, isn't it? That's like, like, I, all right, I will say I'm glad the Razzies laid the fuck off Starship Troopers because I would have been pissing we'd kind for of, a whole episode. I can't remember if we said that on the podcast or if it was just watching the movie, but when Costner and Co. are hanging around the quarry, we were like, this looks a little bit Starship Troopers, and me and you were trying to work out if that was 1997, yeah. based off when we were watching the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went to see the first one in the cinema. Again, 97 is like Kyle's going to the cinema once a month or something, because <laughs> it's a cheap day out for the family. Yeah. I've seen Starship Troopers and adore it. So, yeah, like... I'm glad that avoid Lost Highway popping up. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Stinkers are a weird one. I'll just run through the dishonorable mentions for you. Alien Resurrection, American Werewolf in Paris, Anaconda, Baps, Bean, Booty Call, Con Air, Double Team, Excess Baggage, Face Off, Father's Day, Fire Down Below, Flubber, Richer or Poorer, Free Willy Father. 3, Gone Fishing, Home Alone 3, I Know What You Did Last Summer, Jungle 2, Jungle, McHale's Navy, Mr. Magoo, The Pest, Rocketman, A Smile Like Yours, Speed 2, Steel Till There Was You, Turbulence U-Turn, and Vegas Vacation. And then the stinkers weirdly have expanded this year, so I'm just going to read you out two categories, two of them, they're kind okay. of beating Mr. Razzy at his own game, where they've got two, two categories they've made up, which kind of relate to what we are speaking about. Most unwelcome direct-to-video release. The Land Before Time 5, The Mysterious Island, Ernest mm-hmm. Goes to Africa, Casper, mm-hmm. A Spirited Beginning, mm-hmm. Another Nine and a Half Weeks, and the winner, Pamela Anderson Lee's Homemade Porno Video. <laughs> okay, you know what? That's actually quite funny. That's, that's why I expect more from the Razzies, to be Mr. honest. Mr. Razzie wishes he could come up with something. He wishes. Like that, that is actually quite funny, yeah. Okay, fair play, fair play. And then this one is just a bizarre slap in the face. Lifetime Non-Achievement Award, the Hall of Shame. So in, in ascending order, with 13% of the vote, Mel Brooks... How on earth are you going to nominate Mel Brooks for a Lifetime Non-Achievement Award? A man who arguably defined comedy for, like, yeah. multiple decades. Um, yeah, that's God help us. What a long Mel... stretch. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. If he's 13%, though, that's a shocking amount. Why is he even there? Continue. Then a step up with 24% of the vote, Burt Reynolds, another Razzie fave. And oh. then Whoopi Goldberg on 26% of the vote. And the winner, with an overwhelming 37% of the vote, is Chevy Chase. His career is coming to a screeching halt now, though, to be fair. But, you know, it's <laughs> when this is the problem where you can't do these kind of awards because you can't have a lifetime of no achievements and still get work. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you've got you've got Pia Zadora and yeah. be, I, you know, you can't, Bo Derek's done when John Derek's done, you know, like, you can't, Chevy Chase, is like you say, he's in, the leading star of them, one of the uh, longest running live, the longest running comedy show probably of all time. He's been in like <laughs> multiple, you know, classic films from Caddyshack to Fletch to National Lampoon's Vacation. He, and you can't, you can't say he's had no achievements. He's made more money and been a box office success than most like people would ever. It has to be people that burn out really quickly. What we talk about, like Mark Dacascus, like being a poor man's 
like Jean Claude or whatever. These ones that just float yeah. around Stargate, Atlantis, and random TV shows, like because they can't break into Hollywood. That's that's the failures. That's the ones that don't make it. My my beloved Edward Furlong is someone that's like, okay, I, yeah. I understand it. Like that's personal issues and stuff as well. But you are not this box office success after 20 years you're doing bit parts and stuff like on tv shows on channel five you can't you can't be running in hollywood you can't consistently get work and be a non-achiever chevy chase has a street named after him in glendale and if that is an achievement i don't know what is yeah i didn't even i didn't even use like community when i'm doing the examples i know his best work was arguably yet to come at this point in time (laughs) (laughs) so that brings us to an end for another episode we would just like to say thank you to isaiah for joining us yeah thank you isaiah in the meantime you can follow us at watching worst you can send us an email at watchingworstfilms at gmail.com and you can join us next week when we be back with another guest and another special because the uh, time keeps on moving on and we are coming up for North American Mother's Day, which means we are going to another one of our anthology episodes. We brought you Valentine's mm-hmm. Day a couple months back, and we are returning to you with Mother's Day. So join us for that one. We look forward to it, guys. See you later.